Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Derek. And this is Strange Indeed Bake Off Edition, a podcast dedicated to the great British baking show. This week we're covering Collection 8, Episode 9, The Semi-Finals, Patisserie Week. Ooh, how exciting. I'm so excited, and, and welcome, Derek, back to Strange Indeed. So lovely I to have you. S- oh, I'm so delighted to be out on Strange Indeed, especially for Bake Off Edition. Uh, we have a, a running joke between myself and Rima that uh, I only ever talk about bleak things, so I'm <laughs> delighted to be on talking about something fun, a fun I show. I thought, will we be able to get through this? Uh, talking about <laughs> such a cheerful show, because you and I both gravitate to, like you said, very bleak kind of movies and and tv shows and Mm -hmm. you know will we be able to make it through um but i'm confident we will (laughs) well absolutely should we should we share that uh that on our chat when we were setting this up um i actually proposed to rima that we uh we pretend like we're totally brokenhearted like like our favorite um baker went home this week just to kind of have that essence of a bleak show and it turns out that this is a big week this is a a, quite a shocking uh, exit from the show this week so uh, I don't know whether I'll be pretending that I'm surprised at at who went home I'm with you I don't think I'm going to have to pretend at all uh, to to bring the the bleak into this episode because I am pretty (laughs) gutted at at the results uh, this this week that was was devastating so Yeah, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about, and I'm super excited to have you here to help fill in while Jason is is um, unavailable and out of town this week. So um, I thought the the first person I thought of was you to have to ask to to guess. So I'm so grateful that you took the time with the time difference um, mm-hmm. that we have. Um, that you well, I have to wake available. you up early in the morning to uh, to record with me, though, Rima. It's more it's more on you. I'm I'm fine. <laughs> it's after five p.m. I have a drink in my hand. I'm I'm perfectly happy here. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, I'm super thrilled to have you here, and I know our listeners are super excited to, to have you as well. So, well, let's go ahead and just jump into it because we are just mm-hmm. perfectly um, uh, upset or perfectly, what is it that Flora says on, on Bly Manor, perfectly dreadful um, <laughs> kind of ending here that we have. Of course, somebody's got to go home, but um, it's, it's just always sad to kind of see someone who you're really rooting for. Um, so I think I think Ermine was probably up there in in everybody's pick for yeah. the winner of the show over the last couple of weeks. She's been magnificent, and this week I think the last actually at the end of last week's episode when they said this is going to be Patisserie Week, it's kind of got oh okay that she's kind of been holding back for right. this week, which is her perfect week, and everything kind of went a bit off for her this week, which is awful to say. It it was, and what was so. I think made it even more devastating the fact that she's gone. But it, this should have been her week. Yeah, exactly. This should yeah. have been her week. It wasn't like this was a week where she's you know where everybody knows that maybe that's not her strong suit, or she herself says that that's not a strong suit. Everyone kind of has that week where they're like, oh, like bread week. Bread week's always a challenge. Like, oh gosh, I always struggle with bread, you mm-hmm. know. And then you know, so it's not quite as surprising if that person happens to leave because that's the the particular challenge where they struggle but this makes it i think even more devastating was this is when she should have shined exactly uh, yeah <laughs> and maybe it's just the extra pressure that was on her this week because everybody was kind of going old oh, she's the one to beat so i'm happy enough if i come in second or third behind her kind of thing but yeah. yeah maybe she just had a bit of extra pressure on her this week yeah and that's never helpful i mean i yeah. and maybe that did get to her you know just thinking about that because and then even paul was like well you've won star baker twice in a row mm-hmm. you know do you think you can do it again and and yeah all the contestants were talking about oh well you know yeah we're really excited but you know this is her means you know kind of thing and yeah um that 
and she's like, I don't even want to think about that. You know, I don't want to even think about being Star Baker. Mm -hmm. This is a whole new week and I just need to focus. And, but I, I wonder if it really did kind of get to her, like you said. Yeah. But she is so humble and she did seem to really enjoy the experience as well. You know, I think they, they've all had a very strange year this year at Bake Off, as, as I know you guys have been talking about, like mm -hmm. being locked down in this manor house for for what two months maybe three months with uh with yeah. some celebrities people they see on tv every every week and they're all stuck together in this house for a while you know i'd say she probably wanted to go home to her family uh but she probably also could have waited another week to go home to her family as well so. yeah i'm sure i'm sure if she'd had the choice she would have hung in there at least yeah. for finals even if she hadn't you know when when it all in the end just making it to the finals is um is a, 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 it's a big, big deal. deal yeah, yeah absolutely Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start talking about some of the bakes. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm really interested to get your perspective on, on some of this as well, because you are in a, in a different country um, over yes. there in Ireland. And I'm, I'm sure that you have experienced just being in, in Europe in general in, in your travels. You've probably, you know, have some great experiences to draw off of. So I'm really interested to get your perspective on some of these and see what you think. But um, <laughs> before we get started, though, I would like to ask really quickly um, while mm -hmm. I'm thinking about it. Um, have you been watching Bake Off since it came out or what, what got you interested? I have been watching since uh, first ever season on BBC when it was originally uh, when it was originally out there with uh, with a, a weekly show with, um, with Mel and Sue presenting and with Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry as the uh, as the original um, awesome. uh, judges. So uh, I don't know. It's something about this show that, you you know, I know yourself and, and Jason say it's a real big uplift uh, watching a show like this because the people that are on it, the casting that they do for the people that are on the show is mm -hmm. so different to all of the other competition shows out there and that's what it's always been like. Um, you know, you can pretend you're not watching it because you don't like, you know, the, the fluffy, happy stuff uh, like you do with your mates, but you're sitting at home every single time it's on, <laughs> watching it, enjoying every moment of it. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's it's something, you know, I, I think over the over the years, I think you've mentioned this yourself, Rima, over the years, I think there's only been one person that's really gone into the show with the kind of intention to become famous. And after about two or three weeks, it was kind of seen through and everybody realized the guy was a bit of an a-hole mm -hmm. and they kicked him off the show for just being pretty bad at, at cooking basically right the whole show's premise of being home bakers chal being challenged every week to bake the best version of whatever they're being challenged to make and that's it there's no big massive end point for them they're not going to go out and get a million dollar contract like a recording contract on the x factor or something like that right at the end of it they get a glass bowl that served that they can serve cakes on and say i won't bake off and that's kind of it yep yep <laughs> You know, so yeah, it's 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 been a really fundamental part of my going into autumn every year. I suppose it's a it's a nice way to end out summer and go into autumn every year. So I've I've loved it. Uh, oh, that's for, for that's wonderful. Time. I I love that you have um you know all the history there and have been yeah. a fan since um, its inception. So tell me, are are you a good baker, Derek? Are you the baker in the household? I do bake. Uh, I bake quite a bit. My partner is the bigger and probably better baker. But um, okay. but quite recently, for for his birthday, I did uh, I, I did two bakes um, in in one day. I did, I did, and interestingly, they had the suet. Uh, uh, pie, a dessert that they did the suet bake uh, yes. on on Bake okay, Off a couple yeah. of weeks ago. I have never tasted a dessert suet before because <laughs> suet suet is is made from uh, from animal. Um, 
I, I was going to say re residuals there, a residue there. It's not the right word, <laughs> but it, but it's an animal-based pastry. Uh -huh. So it's something that you would use to bake pie, actual pies, like dinner pies with steak inside and that, that kind of stuff. So that's what, I, that's what I baked for my partner for his birthday. But you put it in the oven for about three and a half hours. It's really simple to make. It's to put all your ingredients in, stick it in the in the oven for three and a half hours, and it cooks perfectly. On the show, I think they did the suet bake and they gave them two and a half hours overall from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And no wonder. Nobody got it right. I think it was. I think right. everybody's pie fell apart because yes. people were giving it like an hour in the oven, and that's that's not what it needs. It needs more than that. Um, but yeah, I did. I did that, and I also did a a, a lovely um, a lovely dessert, which I'm trying to remember what it was now. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> a, a, lo a lovely bake uh, for for his birthday because that's uh, that's very much what John loves is, is baking. So uh, so yes, I, I bake a lot as much as I can. So that's my my most recent ones. That is lovely. So I'm I'm definitely <laughs> interested to hear um, again your experiences based on on your own baking experiences mm -hmm. and, and and things that you've maybe had an opportunity to to try that we've seen on yeah. the show. So that's awesome. Yeah. I I love hey, that. Um, I know you've been cooking a lot. You've been baking a lot during this season of Bake Off, particularly, yeah, haven't you? I have. I t I took a couple of weeks off because I just. You know, baking is tough, and and mm -hmm. some of these challenges that are not, you know, I mean the brownies that was that was just brownies, but mm -hmm. you know some of these are pretty hard, and sometimes um, when it comes to being creative, I have to really just be inspired, and not yeah. that this show doesn't inspire me, but um, it's a lot of work, <laughs> and, yeah. and when I'm just baking for myself, and that's because I, I, you know, my daughter's grown, she's out of the house. Mm -hmm. um, and with COVID and stuff, I'm not really going around visiting. And, you know, there's, there's a thing like you're not quite baking and sharing, like taking your neighbor's cookies, for example. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's not quite the thing to really do anymore is to, you know, and, and visiting people and kind of staying home. So I've, I, I've kind of struggled with the baking because I'm like, it's just me, you know, I'm going right. to, you know, putting in, you know, a couple of hours or more uh, of this time. And, you know, I'm producing something that's just going to be for me. And, and I like yeah. cooking for people I enjoy yeah. you know whenever I used to make my daughter's which I still will make her cakes but when she was younger and you know would want something kind of different or unique and you know I was cooking for her or baking something for her um, mm -hmm. or whenever I, I I'm a better cook than I'm a baker I've, I've, right. think I've mentioned that before but I do enjoy it it doesn't always turn out great but you know, like cooking holiday dinners, you know, I, mm -hmm. I love doing that. I love cooking for my family or, oh, you know, yeah. my big family and things like that and presenting and stuff. And I take pride in that. And I get a little high when it's like, you know, it's, it's like, oh my gosh, that's really good. You know, we really uh -huh. enjoyed that dinner. So when it's just me, it's kind of a like, oh, well, it's just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you know, do you know what you could do? You could do that kind of like, you know, that when you've finished your bacon, eaten your piece of it, you could cut it up into slices and drop it on your neighbor's doorsteps and don't tell anybody and just kind of get this kind of the nice baker has arrived again and left presents on our step, you know. Oh, well, that, that, that's, that's an idea if, if you would be receptive to that. Yeah, actually, kids, don't ever eat bakes that are left on your doorstep. That's uh, probably not a good idea to <laughs> come to think of it. <laughs> at least, at least, unless if if you know who it's from, maybe a heads up. Like, yeah. hey, I left you a, a, you know, I made this cake and left you some of it there at your door, you know. And if, yeah. long, I think as long as you know who it's from, then it's safe. Then but it's yeah, okay. ma maybe that's what I need to do is just make something and then just like take it to my family's door and. Mm -hmm you know just try to be safe and stuff but yeah it's kind of a bummer just cooking for myself i'm like go to all this trouble just for me i, I and you'd probably also be the size of a house after a full 10 episodes of baking at least one thing every week if you were exactly. doing it just for yourself yeah exactly well and i've and i've tried to um make some of the like the a lot of the recipes not all of them but many of the recipes are available uh, from bake off on the website so people mm. can just go google them and you know if 
um, hard for me to find some of those ingredients. Some of them are fairly mm-hmm. unique and they're not all always available in my area or it's so easy to get. So yeah. that's a little bit of a struggle for me too. It's like, well, I, then on top of it, it's like I can just go to my store and get these things. Some things I would have Absolutely. to get online and it's just like, oh, then there's... And the, me- the measurements are all different as you guys were saying before, you know, things come in cups or, you know, butter is like measured differently in the US <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Like I, I lived in Switzerland for just over two and a half years and as, you, as I say, I do bake and cook a lot and I found just the, the difficulty of getting particular ingredients over there. And mm-hmm. if you can get them, they're only available in special shops that are about six times the price and you're going to go okay it's not really worth it for a meal for two of us (laughs) exactly yeah that's that's the challenges i ran into the either the ingredients or the cost of it i'm like well it just doesn't seem to justify if it's again just for me um Mm -hmm. if it's for my family or if i'm doing something special for someone you know like when i used to do my daughter's cakes and things like that or for anyone's cakes would they ask me to do something for them you know i'm happy to do it but again if it's just for me it's like this is a lot of effort it's a lot of cost and i just don't know if i'm feeling that inspired (laughs) to do do it i'm I'm gonna definitely pick up something though and and, and do something again soon Um, actually have to do something for the final right do something for the final (laughs) yeah gotta gotta bring it home and bring it home right Um, Well, that's that's awesome. I I love hearing all of that. I I love that um, you enjoy baking as well and Mm -hmm. um, can really speak to to some of the challenges on here and maybe your experiences. Well, let's see. There's ones that I have certainly never heard of before. (laughs) (laughs) What, you've never had one of those Danish cornucopias? (laughs) No, and I'm shocked. I'm shocked. The Horn of Plenty sounds like the best uh, bake ever, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes. We're definitely going to talk about that. But before we we before we jump ahead into that one. Um, let's talk a little bit about the signature. So yes. this is patisserie week. So everything has to be just absolutely precise and very neat. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's if you've watched enough of the episodes for, for Bake Off, then, you know, patisserie week is all about, you know, these very nice, delicate, you know, um, desserts and uh, so it's it's definitely one of mine but it's definitely or one of my favorites um but it's always a big challenge um to see what the bakers are going to do so their signature they had to come up with 12 identical patisseries um Mm -hmm. with a and i'm gonna apologize again to everyone for my pronunciation it's going to be terrible um a pate savaron which is (laughs) a yeasted enriched (laughs) dough. And Mm -hmm. they told them it can be any shape or flavor, but it must be soaked in a syrup of the baker's choosing. And the judges are looking for something very high end and an exquisite finish. And it has to be neat and elegant. It's all about the proving, the softness of the sponge, and they must have beautiful, delicate flavors. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that (laughs) I thought this this is going to be fun uh, to see what mm-hmm. what they come up with um so did you have, have any particular favorites out of or do you have do, do you want to start with maybe what was one of your favorite signatures or what you thought was the most interesting this week yeah like i, I was really impressed at how different they all looked mm-hmm. um this time like as you say this this kind of uh, challenge the signature usually is Everybody tries to make something very similar. Everything, everybody kind of nails it very similarly. So, uh, so seeing everybody try something very different with their with their stuff, Dave's looked fabulous. Like I, I really liked the look of his how, yes. how it was presented. He did the uh, honey tequilo, mango, and passion fruit. Um, the the savarin baked uh, 
Baiton sitting on a curd, uh, which was the one complaint that he got, that it was kind of, <laughs> why is it sitting on top of some custard, basically? It seemed right. like a really weird one. I was kind of going honey, tequila and mango together. Like, that feels like the greatest cocktail on a Saturday night, doesn't it? Sure that's, does. That's a really nice, sweet cocktail. Yeah, um, yeah he had like me at honey, tequila, for sure. <laughs> there, you <go. laughs> there you go. That was I think that was one of my favourites. Dave's really kind of uh, grown on me over the weeks. Um, I think when he started out, he felt like the person that was most nervous in the tent and most mm-hmm. nervous on camera when he was being interviewed and stuff. So I think that gave me kind of a, a bad impression of him to begin with. Yes. But his baking has been absolutely fine. He's been quite high most of the way through the season. He's, he's done very well. He's one star baker once as well. Um, but this week he really came out of his shell and, and was doing very well uh, in, in, in what was what was actually being delivered uh, in front of Paul and Prue from, from this week. Uh, so I've, I've kind of liked that one. I think that was that was one of my favorites uh, for the week. What what uh, what took your fancy? Well, I have to agree. Uh, Dave's definitely looked really great in the flavors, mm-hmm. even though I've complained a little about the overuse of mango throughout the uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> And being, passion fruit. <laughs> yeah, because this did have a combination. It was a mango and passion fruit kind of curd. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I thought, well, you know, the, the, the mixture, I think, of the passion fruit um, would help. And then they, he had that lovely, like, chocolate cream, you know, there on top and then soaking mm-hmm. the honey tequila. Um, it looked it looked adorable, and I I liked his idea. I know that Paul made that comment that he would have he would have maybe put the custard in the sponge, um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that would have looked nice as well. But I do like that he he did put some thought into you know how he put it together, and you know had yeah. the, those really nice um, little glass um, dishes that he put them in, and how he had it sitting mm-hmm. on there. I thought it was really lovely, and it was really pretty. Um, so yeah, it was definitely one of my yeah. favorites as well. And I agree with what you said about Dave. You know, we, we I think Jason and I kind of mentioned in the beginning and talked about in the beginning. He's, he seemed a little standoffish. He, he didn't yeah. quite uh, talk that much with the other bakers, you know, because the, they all kind of talk to each other while they're all baking and, you know, um, and it seemed like it took some a little while for him to warm up. And so it's yeah. really good to kind of see him kind of come out and how much he's improved. And um, like you said, he's always kind of been, you know, fairly high up there most weeks he hasn't always won all of the challenges but he's always done really well and he's you know definitely um kind of made a name for himself yeah Um, yeah but i do think it was just nerves i think that that's what it feels like because remember you know what as i say all these people are bakers at home and you hear some of them kind of going um I jumped in, filled out the form, set it off thinking I'll get nowhere here. And then they get cast on a show where they're going to be spending all the time in front of camera. You know, it must be a really strange thing for a lot of them. You know, it is to be in front of a camera week, week by week um, or day by day as they're they're shooting. And, you know, not everybody is okay with being in front of a camera. It's, you know, I'm not comfortable in front of a camera by any means. So, you know, (laughs) I can't imagine. And I mean, if he's a little introverted, which I know I am, you know, if he's Mm -hmm. a little shy, it being shy comes off a standoffish, you know, sometimes it's, you know, people just kind of assume if you're shy and you kind of sit back and you're really kind of quiet, people just assume sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes assume that you're a little rude or standoffish, but it's like, well, Mm -hmm. you could just be shy. Not everybody's made to be in front of the camera. It's a lot. Um, and to be a bit of a personality, a lot of people, um, have person, you know, kind of big personalities on the show, you know, and, you know, and not everybody's like that. So, but yeah, yeah, really, really like Dave, um, and I liked his signature this week. Um, I thought Peter's looked really great too, even oh, though wow. it was what I call the sober Baba. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he did not use any alcohol. I thought I his with the elder elderflower and the strawberry, um, mm-hmm. you know, looked 
and, and sounded to me amazing. I mean, I can't smell them, I can't taste them, but it, uh, it, it you know, it, it sounded really nice. So, well, he, he got the Hollywood handshake this week, so that's that's got to be a testament to how good it tasted as well. My God, it looked like he put so much effort into that. that yes. The you know, we, obviously everything sped up in the amount of time they have, and uh, and and what we actually see on screen, but. It looks like he spent an hour just doing the decoration on the top of each individual sovereign. Like you know, that was uh, that was pretty shocking. Or every every baba, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think getting getting Prue to say, you know, I like the non-alcoholic one. I didn't think I even wanted one before I got served <laughs> it, but I really like the taste of it. You know, that's that's got to be high praise, really, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. If, if Prue loves it even without the alcohol, yeah. Um, then and then yeah, like you said, he got the Hollywood handshake. And mm-hmm. they were very delighted to, to see his. They said it was very neat and very uniform. It was very light, um, which is what they wanted. That that sponge had to be like a very light kind of. And I think Prue made the comment that she even kind of struggled. It was so light um, that she had uh, trouble kind of getting it on her fork. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, to be able to even take a bite of it. And, and she was really delighted by that. So um, definitely sounded really yummy. And I think he kind of mentioned, you know, that was his, his point. He wanted to hurry up and get all of that stuff done as quickly as what he could because he knew that it was going to come down to um, the precision and his exactly. attention to detail because that's what patisserie is about. It has to be very clean and neat and he was he knew he was going to have to take his time um, yeah. to do that. And, you know, that's, you know, we, we've kind of talked about how um, Ermin, this should have really been her week to shine and, you know, it didn't, everything just kind of fell apart for her a little bit but it's also, you know, because it's patisserie, you know, that's, kind of the point is how neat and clean and you know attention to detail um yeah you, you and that's where peter shines absolutely yeah that's very true i can i can really see him you know in his hometown opening up a a baker mm-hmm. a baking shop or a, ba- or a bakery yes. like where you can walk down the street and see everything in the window like the french patisseries basically and i can really see that with him because he's so he's so detail orientated and so focused on what he is and i think it's partly because of his age as well. He's 20 now, right? Or 21. Yes. You know, because he's so young, this absolutely can still be his career. With everybody else that's on the show, it feels like they're doing it out of the passion of being home bakers. Right. But for him, you're going, this could be a career. Absolutely. He's, oh, he's, absolutely. he's really building up that kind of, uh, that base of being good at everything. <laughs> you know, I love the guidance that, that Paul gave him at the start of the episode for, for this time was just don't make mistakes, Peter. That's right. all you have to do. Just don't make any mistakes. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's so easy, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that was easy. Just, and he didn't. Did he didn't. And, and you know, w- we should also just mention, because it was, again, very similar to um, the, um, what was it, uh, when they had the ice cream cakes. It was very, mm-hmm. very hot, hot again. Yes. Which yeah, absolutely. <laughs> made it even more challenging, because when you're working with dough and they're having to prove, it can really kind of mess with the time. Because you might have practiced it and practiced it over and over again, but the temperatures were probably very different. You know, mm-hmm. that the heat changes things where it kind of messes with your timing a little bit. Also, if, when you're working with, you know, chocolates and mousses and things that have to chill and set. And yeah. uh, this 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 heat made for an, another disaster um, could, for a couple yeah. of people. It could absolutely ruin everything, you know, everything from the proving, as you say, you know, proving going from 10 minutes to 15 minutes is a massive amount of time when the temperature is too hot for it. You know, I think uh, Dave was making that kind of comment, leaving it, you know, a minute at a time and checking it to make sure that it was all proving properly for him. So. uh, So, yeah, that was that was interesting. And I think Hermine, this is where one of the first bad moments for Hermine came in here, where Mm -hmm. she uh, she didn't cook her first set of baba. 
spells correctly and, and had to cook them a second time. And again, you never know what the real what the real time is like, but it felt like she was getting into the last 30 minutes of the challenge and putting on a second set of Abbas here. It seemed like, what are you doing? That's the, Maybe you just need to take what you have and, and do a great job of the decoration, you know? Yeah, I thought that too. I thought, oh my gosh, surely she can work with you know, I wasn't quite sure what the end result was going to look like, but when she took them mm -hmm. out of the oven and I thought, oh my gosh, do you, you know, and she's like, oh, I'm just going to start over again. And I'm just talking to the TV going, wait, wait, can, can you not just work with what you have? It's, you uh -huh. know, I'm surely in your decoration because, you know, uh, there's so much work that goes into the end result. Surely you can cover it up. You can do something with it. And I was just like, yeah. oh no, this is... Not good. <laughs> Which so. she did end up end up taking some of the original ones and some of the second batch that she baked and just put together all the best of them. And it ended off not too bad, really. It was just um, they said that the color there was a little bit overbaked and there was a bit too right. much color on on some of the babas, wasn't it? I did notice how much she was being interrupted by Noel and uh, and uh, and Matt this week, though. Yeah. Uh, in this particular piece, they felt like they were coming over to her a lot and talking to her a lot. Um, which I, there was an interview with her after she exited the show uh, um, this week afterwards on the uh, the extra slice, which is the kind oh, of follow up yeah. show, mm -hmm. um, where she was asked about that. She was asked about you know the interactions between Matt and Noel, and she said, "Does that does that disturb you uh, when you're there?" She said, "Not really. If I get the joke, then it's then it doesn't disturb me. It's absolutely fine. If I'm if I'm in on the joke and I'm in, and I'm think it's funny. If I'm not getting the joke and they're there the whole time, I'm trying to <laughs> shoo them away so I can get back to my bake, <laughs> which I thought was very funny." So. <laughs> That is very funny and very honest. I think we've we've talked about that before. Like, wonder what all of them think about that. Like, are they super annoyed? Are they okay with mm -hmm. it? Or and it probably goes back and forth. Maybe they saw that she was kind of struggling, you know, because she really kind of got down after. She even did. though she kind of came through. I mean, her her signature wasn't a complete failure. They did mention no. that you know it was interesting. It was modern. They did really like the flavor and the alcohol, but they did say her sovereign was underproved. And it was mm -hmm. too bread-like, but her flavors were lovely. So yeah. you could kind of tell doing that second batch really didn't do her, you know, a lot a lot of favors. Um, but you know, she did okay. Um, they, yeah. they they did end up liking it. So it wasn't a complete failure or anything like that. But I think that she was kind of she had already had a little bit of that disappointment in herself because her first batch didn't turn out great. Yeah, she barely came in and and got a really great end result. And I think she was already kind of, kind of, you know, going into the technical. Um, so maybe they were coming around to, because they're seeing that and they're maybe trying to help lift her spirits Just and kind, kind of get, cheer turn, turn it around yeah. a little bit. I think that's sometimes what they try to do and try to yeah. help encourage them. So I wonder if that's what their goal was but yeah it's, it's, sure. it's, it's funny to hear her, her reaction it's like <laughs> sometimes good and sometimes not get out of my way exactly. i'm trying to trying to bake here <laughs> yeah and you know i never think there's any kind of malice from noel or matt i'm sure oh, they're no. they're just trying to cheer people up and have a bit have a bit of fun while they're there but there was a point dur during matt's conversation with arbeen where he was talking about uh, the cartoon characters barbar and then he moved on to pingu who clearly as a as a uh, a multilingual um a person living in england from france she had no idea who this Pingu character is for kids, and Matt was just trying to push the joke to get a laugh out of her. And I could, you could tell it was like, okay, just go away now, please. Yep, yep. <laughs> I like need to move on. Done but. humoring him, like, mm -hmm. 
okay, thanks. Yeah. Bye. Let me get back to. <laughs> she, she did. Yeah, that was definitely a moment she didn't look very amused. In. Ah, absolutely. But last in the in the signature, we have Laura as well. Um, yeah. I was really intrigued with Laura's uh, Laura's babas here. The, the poached pineapple, kiwi, and passion fruit rum babas. That sounds like a lovely mix of flavors. It did. Uh, once again, a bit of pineapple and kiwi. I think that's a that's a good match there, isn't it? I, I think so. I thought mm-hmm. they were really nice to look at, um, uh-huh. and I liked her little little pipe pipette with the extra mm-hmm. rum syrup on there. I thought absolutely you're gonna <laughs> whatever it takes, push it over the edge. You got proof. She was like, oh, well, I think I'll just do that, you know, and she uh-huh. sprinkled um, hers on top to get a little bit of that extra rum syrup. So I really thought that was a, a really fun idea. Um, yeah. And the, the the judges did like that one as well. They said it was a little messy on the icing, um, and then the bake was a little bit messy. They had she had some different sizes um, of mm-hmm. her sponges, but it was um, a lovely light sponge, which is what they wanted. Um, exactly. But Paul mentioned she overdid it just a little bit on her spices. Um, yeah. But she still, you know, came out okay as well. So yeah, absolutely, I think that, that was that was the one that had the kind of backhanded or something that sounded like it was going to be a backhanded compliment from Paul, where he said uh, he'd send it back at a restaurant, uh, but just to meet the chef. Right. And so she was really really surprised at him at him giving this nice compliment at the end. <laughs> it, was, it sounded like he was going to criticize her. <laughs> but I, I love that. He was. Being... I love that she described him as uh, as his eyes are like the Night Stalker. It took me a while to work out. I think she's talking about the Game of Thrones uh, White Walkers or Night King from from Game of Thrones. That his eyes are that sharp and piercing that uh, that it, it's really freaky to look at him directly but uh, but I did like that that she had she had that nervousness still after nine weeks with Paul uh, she still has that nervousness when he comes over to talk to her <laughs> yeah yeah I, it's it's interesting to hear some of the stories that that come out of their um, quarantine together as they were filming because they're all quarantined in this lovely um, hotel as, as they're mm-hmm. filming um, they're in they're in this bubble so it's interesting to hear you know how Prue and Paul kind of all socialize like you know, Paul made pizzas for all of them, and um, they played ping pong. I guess Paul really loves ping uh, ping pong, mm-hmm. and he had his table and everything there, and they would, you know, have game nights and stuff. So um, I, I'm sure it was kind of a, a strange little world to live in to, yeah. you know, get so friendly with the judges. But then when you're in the tent, it's like it's on. It's all it's all business. It's not, you know, (laughs) you gotta like not think about the time that you've, you know, maybe the night before hanging out and having pizzas and having a good time. (laughs) Now it's all serious. So I'm sure it's still really nerve wracking because at the end of the day, it's still Paul and, um, you know, Paul Hollywood and and Prue Mm -hmm. judging your bakes. And, uh, his, I don't think his stare gets any less intense (laughs) just because you've been quarantined with him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. It is pretty intense. That's a pretty good comparison to the Night King's, um, piercing piercing eyes because that's that's pretty good oh, good job Laura good job Laura yeah. very impressed very <laughs> which good. she did do, did do very well overall got the other comment that she's like a diamond in the rough that just needs a little bit of little bit of polishing to get her to to uh, to a better a better place um, there's a, a constant joke about how much she drops on the show though I think for me what I, what I love about Laura is that she really makes me feel like that would be what I'm like on the show because <laughs> it yes. feels like you know after I, I love baking don't get me wrong but there is at least a two hour cleanup after I'm finished baking because things are everywhere <laughs> whereas Absolutely. someone like Peter you're just so impressed with what he can do and, and Dave's the same and I mean all three of them are the same you're very impressed with the things that they can cook but with Laura sometimes you're kind of going how how has she made that much mess I'd be like that you know <laughs> 
hundred percent. I I, yeah. I laugh because that's exactly me. I am me. the messiest baker, messiest cook. I do my best because I know I'm so messy to try and clean as I go. You know, mm-hmm. if I've got those couple of minutes, like if I've just thrown something in the oven and I'm before I move on to the next thing or, or whatever, I try to clean as I go because because I'm so messy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So so I, I respect Laura and I'm 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 in your camp, Laura. I think that's uh, that's <laughs> that's my type of cooking. <laughs> absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Absolutely. Excellent. Anything else on the uh, on the signature? I, I don't think so. Week? I think we covered all of them pretty well. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's um, talk about the technical, which, as we mentioned earlier, was a, a Danish cornucopia, um, or mm. also known as the Horn of Plenty, which is a traditional Danish Danish sorry celebration cake. Um, and the bakes they had to have um, they had to stack these rings of dough. Uh, they needed to be firm on the outside, chewy on the inside, um, mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't flour. That was basically ground almonds. I guess was the the base uh, of that, which sounds yes. yummy. Yes, that's that's. Uh, I remember when I was doing keto. Uh, and I know Jason talks about keto on here. I promise that's not the only reason that Rima asked me to be here. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> but I remember doing keto and it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a flour replacement and it's low carb. So you can actually eat at least some of it on a, on a lighter keto diet. I think it's something that you can eat. So, mm-hmm. uh, so something like the Horn of Plenty might be something that Jason could cook and eat uh, if he's still on keto next week. Yes. <laughs> make him make him bake I'm the sure, horn of plenty. Sure, he'd be, I want to see delighted to, to to make one of those Danish kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was an interesting one. I think I think when you have uh, something like this, where it's not just about the bake and the instructions themselves, always that they're given are very specific and and not not okay, not always as not always very detailed. But when you have something like this, that is also about a design element that you may not be getting across in the instructions, sometimes it could be a disaster when people have no idea what this thing is supposed to look like at the end. That's kind of what happened to Dave in this uh, in this challenge, where he didn't really understand that this was a Danish piece. I think he, he took the uh, English uh, version of Horn uh, to heart when he made it look pretty phallic. Um, <laughs> uh, I I love his response was I probably should have looked at everybody else's because everybody else had done it at least you know close to the right way at least lying <laughs> on its side not yes. standing straight up on its on its base there and y- yeah you my reaction echoed Paul Hollywood's for sure um, mm-hmm. I thought oh you can't not see it and if you know, uh, absolutely <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> a quite hilarious moment and he's just like what oh yeah maybe i should have looked at everyone else's because <laughs> uh, hilarious very it, very good very very good and very funny um mm-hmm. so yeah just talking about dave's his unfortunately he did overbake his um mm-hmm. unfortunately um but he did have a good flavor um and then yeah he his was sitting straight up which uh, brought brought giggles <laughs> not exactly straight up no, not exactly straight up it was a little <laughs> you're right he did get the bend in it <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh <clears throat> i'm turning Sorry. red don't look at me <laughs> um, yeah, quite quite interesting but yeah this was um i think they all really struggled they were all really taking their time because none of them had ever seen one had never mm-hmm. even heard of one so they didn't even have anything from like oh i saw one in a window once or you know, I, you know i've seen one at a party before um they didn't have anything to draw from but just going off of the technical directions which always 
are, are very, very bare and give you just yeah. the, you know, the minimum amount of what you need. And they all really struggled. And I really felt bad also for Laura because, you know, she's like, you know, she started to cry. She's like, you know, I just don't have this logical brain. And she was really just having a hard time kind of getting those directions to make sense. And they were all mm -hmm. struggling. It wasn't just her. Um, yeah. They were all just sitting there quietly pouring over those instructions and like reading them over and over again so they could try to imagine what that end result was supposed to look like. Exactly. Um, so I felt, like it's, it's I felt tough. bad for that moment. I did, yeah. But I do, uh, you know, again, you see why someone like Matt Lucas was a great choice for this series. While he is a, a comedian and he is very, he is very funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love that part about him, but he is really caring. And I think in his moment stepping in with Laura just to say to her, right, what, effectively, what's your greatest fear? And her greatest fear is not delivering anything for, for this challenge. And he kind of says, well, you've never done that before. So why, why would it be your fear that you will not deliver anything? It might not be great, but then you could just move on. So it's fine. And exactly. that really cheered her up, you know? It Worked did. Worked really well. I was so glad when he came over to her, uh, you know, in that moment and, mm -hmm. and tried to lift her spirits. And he's like, you know, get on with it. It's okay. You know, yeah. you, you will produce something. And yeah, it might not be the best, but, you know, you, you, will, you will do it. And yeah. So, so yeah, unfortunately, though, she did lose that challenge. Um, she did. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was really kind of sad, you know, really disheartening when, you know, they're, they're looking at it. And, of course, they're looking at it blind. They always judge them blind. They don't know whose mm -hmm. is whose. Um, but when they saw it, they were like, oh, they, this one looks like they didn't even know what they were doing. And I'm like, well, yeah. none of them knew what they were doing, you know. Exactly. <laughs> they, they Thanks for pointing out how lost she was, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of felt when she was looking at the instructions, she was looking at the tiniest of the, of the design elements. She had, her, she had her, her pastry in the tiniest of the design trying to read it, saying match the two ends together uh, and create a circle and give a flat end and that'll that'll make it. It kind of felt like if she'd done one of the bigger ones, mm -hmm. she could make a ring out of it and then she might get an impression of what it was that she was supposed to do. It felt like because she was focusing on the tiniest one at the top, that's that's what it felt like that's what was causing her problem because she couldn't get it in her head what the mathematics of the piece was, I suppose. Um, yeah. So that, when I was watching, I was kind of going, just look at the other one, look at the bottom one. You know, she had to get the TV as you always do with Bake yes. Off. Yes. <laughs> but I, I have to say, yeah, that, that that moment with Matt is probably my favorite moment of the episode where um, where he just helps her get on with the next. And, and you see her helping out Armin later on when Armin's going through the same type of thing. Laura's kind of got her head a bit a bit more straight uh, later on. So, uh, so she's able to kind of pass it on. But Clearly, she's in a moment of just a bit of panic and, and Matt's able to calm her down, telling her she'll smash it. Well, not literally, because that would be a disaster, <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but she'll do well. Um, so, yeah, like it. Yeah, I, I agree. That was a was a great moment. And, and I like seeing when, when either Noel or Matt kind of come over and and, you know, they're, they're talking very quietly with them and they're encouraging, encouraging them. And it's like, you know, it's going to be OK. You're going to get you're going to get to this. And, and they, they say, just just get on with it. Just keep moving. Don't stop. Just keep going. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you're, you're going to be great. So it's always nice to see that softer side of them that they're, you know, they are, you know, comedians and they're always trying to kind of keep things light because it's, I'm sure pretty intense can get pretty intense in there. And, and people, you know, take it very seriously and they get very disheartened mm -hmm. when something doesn't go well or, you know, while they're in the middle of their bakes and something just completely fails. And it's, you know, they try to keep things light, but then they come in there to also really be encouraging to them as well. And, and they exactly. definitely um, came through yeah. um, in this yeah. one. So a um, couple of the technicals, um, or, or for some of the other contestants, their technicals, um, mm -hmm. Dave, we've talked about Dave's. Um, we looked at Laura's, you know, hers, you know, 
was underbaked and um, you know didn't didn't quite come through. Um, and Armin's, you know, her decoration was not great. Her they were yeah. disappointed with her icing and. Um, so that seemed like a weird one for me. The the top two here, we have Peter and Ermine mm-hmm. uh, kind of fighting out with the top two. And, and as you say, they're they're judging a blind and they're giving their, their feedback to uh, on what they felt. And they said, uh, Peter's, that it shouldn't have all been baked together because one end was, was overbaked, one end was underbaked in the middle. <laughs> you yes. know, it's like the, the three little pigs. Or no, it's not. It's like uh, like um, uh, Goldilocks and yes. the three bears. That's the one. Um, <laughs> where, where some of it's great, the other two sides are awful. Uh, but the, the decoration was great. But it seemed like they were saying Ermine's tasted the best and was cooked the best but the decoration completely let her down and again these are all being baked blind as well by the by the by the bakers so um i i kind of felt that that could have been swung either way between ermine and peter i think it it Mm -hmm. felt like it was almost a coin toss that we didn't see the uh the detail behind why paul and prue rewarded peter and and gave her being second place you know i i I couldn't tell why particularly peter got it that time yeah although he is an amazing cook (laughs) i agree i was i i thought that she at least for me based on what they were saying and what we saw that she would have won the technical i mean they none of them really were 100 percent what the judges were wanting they all kind of you know had some um you know, uh, they didn't quite rise um, to their expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, and, and while Peter did do a good job, you know, they, you know, did did like his, I guess, the best. But we, we didn't get to hear those. And, and we, we, don't, we don't. We don't get to hear all of that. You know, we hear, you know, their first impressions and whenever they yeah. taste it and stuff. But whenever they're sitting there and they're then having their talks uh, and how they come to that decision, we don't hear that. I'm like yeah. you. I thought it, it, it was like a coin toss. It could have been either Ermine or Peter. And I, in my opinion, of course, I didn't really get to taste it or anything like uh-huh. that. I wasn't there. But I thought she would have come on top on yeah. that one. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. I thought, you know, just because her decorating wasn't bad, you know, because I thought her, I thought her shape, I thought was a little bit better. Than, mm-hmm. than, yeah, she than got, Peter's. she got the curve. Yeah. She got the curve. I think uh, only two of them got the curve, uh, Dave and Ermine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but Ermine's was at least the right side up as well. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. I would have been interested to hear why they had chosen Peter's. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. I know that they kind of say that, but I just didn't, I was like, I still i don't know i'm just wasn't buying it but you know that's how they felt we're not there so i guess we just have to um depend on their expertise so and as they always say sometimes these things are just judged on a dime they're just you know they're they're judged off the top of the head the two of them make the decision between the two of them so uh yeah so uh, we'll give them that one i suppose we'll we'll give them this one we'll give them this Mm -hmm. one um (laughs) all right anything else you want to say about the technical uh, other than I think it looks magnificent, I'd love to have one at a party. I, I want to go to Denmark and uh, or, and and try one out. Right? Yeah, it, it did look very interesting. Um, thought it yeah. was a very beautiful and interesting shape for sure, and it yeah. did sound very yummy um, as they were describing it. Whenever Paul and Prue were, you know, going over the technical and well, here's what it looks like and here's what we're mm-hmm. looking for, um, I thought, well, that's very interesting. I've never heard or seen anything like that, but I'd certainly exactly. be down to try it <laughs> try it out try it out Prue would you like to try some of my horn is uh, definitely a good line from the episode as well Paul Paul pushing the innuendos which we knew was going to happen with this particular uh, knew it was going to happen as soon as you see that you just know okay here we go um, Prue looked delighted and, yes she did you know she she was okay with that so <laughs> perfectly fine trying Paul's horn there you go whatever happens on Bake Off stays on Bake Off right? exactly in quarantine on top of that <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh goodness you. that was great 
Um, all right. Well, let's move along then to the showstopper. So, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, some just very different turn of events that happened here in the showstopper. So, they were challenged with um, creating a cube cake, which was twenty-five mini cube-shaped cakes. They must mm-hmm. be precise. Need to be very sharp in their detail, very neat, um, flavored very well, and they can decorate however they want. And the flavors could be anything that they want as well. Um, And then they wanted something inside the sponge um, or, you know, like a mousse or a ganache or something like that. They wanted to kind of, you know, have a little hidden hidden gem inside of that. And they had four and a half hours um, Mm -hmm. for their showstopper. So it seems like they're they're you know, being a little bit better on the time, uh, but knowing how much attention to detail, because it's a showstopper. This is exactly this is where you really have to come out on top and you have to have that time, you know, to to pay attention to the detail. And I think Peter mentioned again that he was going to, you know, get a lot of this done and, and get that banged out as quickly as what he could, because he was going to really then take that time, you know, as he does, you know, taking that time to his detail and to really, yeah. you know, coming out on top. And yeah. he did. So, oh yeah. <laughs> as far as the showstoppers, did you have did did, did one um, in particular stand out to you? Did you have a favorite as far as looks or what you thought like for um, the flavors would be your favorite? You know, I I uh, I'll take one of the two that I loved. I think Dave and Peter's were both fantastic. I would eat every single one of the 50 of them uh, <laughs> combined they looked amazing the mixture of of uh, the chocolate stuff that dave provided fab but peter's concept is was just fantastic it came out through the screen what he was doing with pistachio raspberry and chocolate mm-hmm. different flavor different flavors in each one of them so uh, in one it would be uh, pistachio sponge with raspberry mousse and a chocolate glaze and then the next one would be a chocolate mousse with uh, with a raspberry base and a pistachio glaze like magnificent all three being completely different and changing up the flavors each time i think that's just so inevitable inevitable innovative that's the word um and you know it's something like patisserie week you know i think i always would think of it like going into paris walking down the street and seeing a proper bakery in paris with these beautiful uh, beautiful bakes and this is exactly what you want someone to do when they're in this week. And Peter knocked it out of the park for me. I absolutely loved uh, what he did there. And he made the perfect choice that the other three bakers, I think this is what won, in, won it for him. I think the other three bakers making them in the molds and trying to spend all that time trying to pull them out of molds. And he said, well, I'm not going to do that. He baked his pieces chop them up with his with his ruler getting the exact specifications of exactly <laughs> yeah. how every one of them one of them looked i think that's probably what one of them just getting the little edge over everybody else because everything looked so perfect yes i i agree i think it gave him a little bit more time that once his sponges were were finished that mm-hmm. he could very quickly you know he, he cut you can see how he kind of cut the edges off um, made the perfect square shape and then like you said measured them out and then cut them whereas everyone else is having to individually cut up their, you know, um, like they're either trying to get them out and they're and they're not yeah. going well, or they're having to literally cut their little sponges out of those silicone, and that takes time. Allowed him the time that like, he's probably already got his, you know, all his, his little squares done, and now he's just on to, you know, the, the decorating and, and finishing them off, where everyone yeah. else is probably still trying to cut theirs out of their silicone. Absolutely. 
absolutely. I love, I love how disgusted Dave was that the each of these silicon molds was nine pounds for each individual one. And he's cutting up twenty five of these things. You know, he's just disgusted at the cost that these people must be spending on this on the show, yes. which I thought was really interesting. He's using his Stanley knife to cut so precisely around the cake, so he's not losing any of it. But he did a great job anyway, so it didn't matter too much. But I thought that was hilarious. It, it was hilarious. I and I would be the exact same way. I would be so disgusted. Um, uh-huh. You know, I know that Wasted. they typically um, the show does provide many of the materials, you know, the mixing yeah. bowls and, you know, spoons and things like that that they use. But I know the bakers do also bring in their own things as well. You know, they, mm-hmm. they well, um, I don't know how so much they, they did traditionally they they would bring things from home because they're going home during the week. You know, they, yeah, they come in and, and right. they, they film on the weekends, they go home. They're home for the week and then they come back for the next week. Um, so I don't know if they've been able to do that so much in quarantine, but they have brought their own things. They brought their own spices before. They brought their own ingredients like, oh, this is my jam I'm using this week. Um, so I was curious to know, well, was those Dave's actual silicone molds that he, he brought from home or was were they, were they provided? But either way, it's still devastating to think. <laughs> Well, I think I think uh, the only reason I'd say they probably weren't Dave's himself that they were the production because I think Ermine and uh, and Laura were using the same molds. They looked like Mm -hmm. the same molds. They did. Um, So so I think they probably bought a massive batch and then came back and said, "Do you know how much that was? It was three hundred (laughs) pounds or something." (laughs) And Dave just suddenly had it in his head uh, that this is going to cost a lot of money. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. Should have gone to the pound shop. Oh well. So much, so much effort, but they, regardless of it, he, his still turned out brilliant. However long it took for him to actually get them out, he still mm-hmm. managed to uh, find the time to decorate them beautifully. Um, and and like you, I, I was looking at between Dave's and, and Peter's. Um, mm-hmm. I think for the flavors, the chocolate might win me win me over a just a hair more uh-huh. but i'm so intrigued by peter's and his flavors and like you said so innovative that he had three different types of cubes he had the chocolate raspberry and pistachio mm-hmm. and and then mixed up you know between those three flavors the sponges the mousse and then the glaze um and they were just beautifully decorated yeah. um just i i just thought what it would have what a, a great idea. So, so yeah. yeah, just for the innovation alone, I think he really, and just because his, his attention to detail and of course everything came together for him. They said that, um, he, they had a really nice shine. The sponge was gorgeous. It was very well executed. And, um, and it was funny that, you know, like you mentioned how Paul had teased Laura earlier. Um, he kind of teased, um, uh, Peter here at the end when, um, Peter's like, do you, can I ask you to please try that last one there? Um, that one happens to be my favorite. And so they, they uh-huh. tried it, and Paul was you know joking with him. He's like, well, I have to tell you, I'm a little disappointed in this one. Um, and, <laughs> and he was actually just really joking. And um, I, I was totally taken in by that. Paul has a, a really good straight face. Uh, he does. To, uh, <laughs> he definitely made me think, ah, hang on a second, don't say he's ruined it for himself here by making him taste the other one. Um, but, yeah, I just have this image now of, of just, you know, going into the bakery that, uh, that Peter's going to be cooking for and sitting down with a nice cup of tea and getting one of each of those, each each of the three of those. That's the, that's the right way to sell your product, isn't it? You can't just buy one. You have to get one of each type, right? Right. Uh, I, I love it. <laughs> and that can make a difference, too, because you're providing a little bit of a variety you know yeah. there um so yeah his it, it was definitely between those two the the, mm-hmm. the 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 fellas were pretty 
um, amazing this week with Pretty their damn great. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah, Dave's. Um, you were talking about Dave's uh, creation with the with the chocolate, mm-hmm. the melted caramel centers. Oh, oh wow, that is just. Ah, uh, looks amazing. Yeah, I could, I could definitely eat, uh, as I say, all twenty-five of those without a doubt. Absolutely, <laughs> line, line up, Dave's and and Peter. Well, and and Lars too, though. And we'll talk about that. You know, oh, yeah. um, as as messy as what they were, they looked absolutely delicious. And she did get props for her flavors, so mm-hmm. I would absolutely try those as well. But those those two um, were definitely on the on the top for me. And and yeah. they said about Dave's, they. That, as far as the looks, I thought that one was was really good too. But they, um, the judges um, commented, they said they were very neat and tidy, um, and very uniform. And he actually made his base um, yeah, that, that he stacked them on. Extra yeah, effort there, you got cool. like bonus points, I guess, for that because you didn't have to. You could have like a non-edible base um, to stack your little cakes, um, but mm-hmm. you could make it. And so he actually made his base. And even though Dave didn't win the showstopper. Um, Paul, or well, I guess it's not really winning the showstopper, but you're, I guess, more star baker. But Paul said they were yeah. a triumph. That's right. Yeah. So they're pretty much perfect, right? Yeah. So he said the, the, he couldn't have done any more, basically. Exactly. He said the caramel mm-hmm. was perfect. It, how and like you you mentioned how it just looked amazing. It, it had just that perfect, yeah. like it oozed, but yet it still held together. Like it didn't just mm-hmm. run out. It kind of held together, but it had that really nice, like what you would expect um the mousse was perfectly set and it was just really great and i love yeah. how because it's like you mentioned how um they, they did comment and, and paul was really proud of him uh, how much he had improved you know it's yeah. like he's taken everything in over all of these weeks that he's been there and you know he's he's always kind of been a, either in the middle or kind of you know um high, higher up there and he has once you know everyone did win star baker at least one time so he did win once um yeah. during the the weeks but um you know every every week he's kind of just gotten slightly better and better and better and it's and, and that's what they really kind of look for you know like mm-hmm. you said these are home bakers these are not professional you know, exactly. um, bakers by any means. These guys all just do this because they love it, and um, to you know, they they like to see them take. You know, when the the bakers are taking their advice and mm-hmm. they're learning, they're learning new techniques, or they're learning from either the judges and taking their advice, or they're learning from their fellow bakers. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's what that's when we've seen other people win the final is when you've seen them. You know, they've they've always kind of been middle ground or kind of high but then they keep improving week over week those are the ones Absolutely. that typically or sometimes i should say win overall yes yes so. yeah it'll be really interesting to see what what goes on next week uh, with <laughs> with the people that are left yeah it was a it, I, I think they did a great job this week as i say when i think yeah. when i think he got it, his feedback from paul specifically saying it's triumph it's pretty much perfect i was kind of oh wow okay this could be his star baker maybe stepped up once again just before the final to get himself really in the hat and i think he has mm-hmm. uh, yeah this was this was really good yeah I liked it um, let's talk about laura's let's, yeah uh, we, we've talked one. about the good ones and the ones that we really loved let's mm. yeah let's talk about laura's so what w- yeah. what thoughts did you have about laura's showstopper see i have a challenge because i'm not a big fan of cherries and cake and that's awful it's beca- probably because the cherries that are usually in black forest gatos mm-hmm. are uh, glacé cherries they're um they're kind of fake uh, as opposed to real cherries which taste absolutely lovely uh, but the cherries that, I eat that are usually in the uh, terrible version of uh, of black forest gato that i've eaten before uh, have always put me off it so oh. 
I would say Laura's Black Forest Gatto did look fantastic and I would love to have tried it to uh, to reevaluate my opinion about Black Forest Gatto. Yes. <laughs> but off the bat, I was going, oh no, this this is something that like in the back of my mind when I hear Black Forest Gatto, I have a certain taste or the aftertaste uh, in my mind that turns me off immediately. And Paul said it was his favourite type of cake as well, which probably puts a little extra pressure on uh, oh, on yeah. the baker when they go, these are all my favourite flavours, you better cook it right, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> No pressure. Um, no pressure at all. And here is where the heat came in uh, in in oh the episode. They didn't really talk about the heat too much, and you know, much like uh, much like everything, when things are filmed in the UK, they don't always get come across how hot it really can be uh, in, in the UK for for people when it's uh, when it's as warm as it was on this particular day. Mm-hmm. They didn't really uh, stress it so much because last time this happened it was the ice cream challenge everybody's ice cream was melting everywhere you could really feel the heat in the tent yeah. uh, throughout it whereas this time I kind of mentioned a few times that it was hot but this seems to have really affected her mirror glaze the, the, uh, the final element that she had to what I think it really would have helped it would have sealed up the cake would have had this beautiful shine on top of it yes. and it would have made it look so much better and without it it looked like yeah it looked like a, a cake melting in the sun which is mm-hmm. basically what it was you know um, which is a real shame because she looked like she worked very hard on trying to get that right you know yeah I mean her idea what looked great now I, I haven't had this specifically so I, I don't have that to draw off of um, like okay. you do but it sounded amazing I mean I, yeah. I, I love chocolate and cherries um, mm-hmm. so the idea of it sounds amazing to me um so she had the chocolate and cherries and then she was having like a biscuit there in the middle as well so i think her concept you know when you see the the illustration of what her you know her goal and what her end result what she hopes it to be looked wonderful Mm -hmm. and i I thought all the flavors sounded amazing i think the idea sounded amazing and i think that the only part where she really failed and i think this is i'm sure we're going to talk about at least i know i have it in my notes where some of the controversy um, from from this week's challenge was, mm-hmm. you know, other than her glaze, uh, her mirror glaze that she was supposed to have on there, everything else was spot on. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just it melted. It just was too hot. And I'm and I mean, she's she mentioned that she's practiced it many times. It was one of her father's favorites. So she's made this before. So it wasn't like something new that she was doing or, or maybe, you know, had only done a couple of times and wasn't very comfortable yeah. with it. It really just seemed like this is like you mentioned, the heat really played a big part in, in the showstopper. And we know she challenged yeah. the heat with her, her ice cream, her ice cream uh, mm. cake really just <laughs> yeah was a, a, an absolute mess and just melted. Yeah. Um, and this, it, it happened again. But I think yeah. other than that, the they, they loved the flavors um, and mm-hmm. the textures were spot on. And Prue um, said it was worth the calories. And that's, that's a right. <laughs> shining comment from Prue. So other than yeah. just the appearance of the melted glaze, they were okay with it. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, you heard it from Laura while she was putting on the glaze. You hear her saying... You know, if it wasn't for that, I'd be really proud. Mm-hmm. You know, she she felt like she, herself even, she felt like she nailed all the other ingredients and got them absolutely pristine, but just didn't get the mirror glaze. And you can't really say, put everything on a mirror glaze not working. You know, if the, if you you have to also taste it and get the textures and get that, that piece, maybe it didn't look the best it could possibly have looked. We think it's because of the temperature in the tent. So yeah, I don't, I don't think you could take down all points on her, you know. And that that makes it a really difficult, uh, a difficult judging competition when you have Dave being getting a perfect bake. You got Peter getting a pretty much perfect bake. You got Laura 
pretty much perfect except for the glaze and then we have Ermine you know that's kind of where where we are it, it seemed in the sequence this this last piece in the showstopper you know um, it is supposed to be a showstopper it is supposed to look amazing but you also have to get all the rest of the pieces and you can't take everything away just because it didn't look pristine I suppose exactly we've seen a couple yeah. of of instances in these showstoppers where you know people their their final like maybe it didn't look exactly perfect is what they would expect but because the flavors textures and everything everything else that the the, the um, pollen prue wanted were there they still did okay and you know yeah. they might have even still you know even won that week um exactly. so everything has to be there it's not just you know, if you can't come out on top like Peter and Dave and do 100% of everything right, you still have to at least get some of those pieces. And yeah. I think that's how Lara just kind of, you know, inched over Ermine's yes. showstopper, which was just absolutely devastating. Oh, it really was. It was so difficult to watch, wasn't it? It um, was. She's been so strong over the over the weeks, and you know there was there was the indication when uh, when Paul and Prue do their uh, do their walk around. There was the indication that things were not going well for Ermine, where she admits that she only came up with the recipe the previous day, uh, even though she had the whole week <laughs> to yeah. work on it. Yeah. That she'd only come up with it the previous morning, and she hadn't really cooked it all the way through. And um, yeah, it it did not go well. I think the the description of it from Paul that the cakes were stodgy and bouncy, and that one of them was like a rubber ball, completely inedible. Um, Prue even saying, by your standards, this is a failure to her. I mean, like that's oh, that's that strong rough. from Prue. Yeah, that was, that's a strong kind of criticism from her. And I know everybody was expecting her to do so well this week. And I'm sure that's all that Prue meant. You know, we all right. expected you to do well. You expected you to do well. And this is not anywhere near her standard for her means so um so yeah that was that was tough i hate i hate we all hate seeing any of the bakers fail at doing something um but but seeing her mean uh fail quite badly on this particular challenge i think it, it wasn't it wasn't fun to watch it was not it was so painful um the entire duration of when they started the showstopper and as soon as you know when like you said she says you know yeah i was i was working on my recipe and it just was not coming out so i i've scrapped it and she mm -hmm. wrote a whole new recipe the day before and they're looking at her going um well that's brave you know yeah um, and, and it was and unfortunately it did not work out i mean it could have her concept sounded amazing she had these coffee and praline and then cherry chocolate um mm -hmm. little mini cakes and she she said that she wrote the recipe the day before, but she mentioned while she was going through the process that she didn't, she wasn't following a recipe. Like she's going yeah. by feel and, and you could just, I mean, every time, like she's adding more gelatin and as all these things are happening, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just, <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, what her decision just was not a great decision this week um, yeah. in, in, in doing that. And I, I, I wonder what would have, what she would have produced had she stuck because I don't know what her original concept was and what her original yeah. idea was and what her original recipe but I think it, it wouldn't have been as bad as yeah. as what this would have been yeah because we like we even heard her say didn't we that that because she didn't have a recipe she was kind of thinking I don't really know how long these are supposed to be cooked for even you know mm -hmm. how long is this supposed to spend in the oven you're kind of thinking you know it was described by uh, by Prue that these are just sponges these are just sponge cakes which is a very basic cake to cook in the oven uh, most people who've, who've baked know how to bake them so uh, so it shouldn't have been a massive 
right. difficulty for for Amin, but um, but yeah, it just seemed to that she hit a few a few bad walls. I've never used gelatin gelatin like that in uh, no. in the in, in this kind of sheets uh, that that they were. I think everybody was using them. Peter was using them as well, mm-hmm. uh, and I think uh, I think. Um, yeah, that no, was just Peter and Armin this time. But yeah, they looked like uh, you really be really be careful about how many of those you use, or else it looks like it does turn into some big rubber ball, effectively. Yeah, it just was not attractive at all, mm. and and didn't you know when it, it looked like a Jello mold, not like a sponge. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't obviously couldn't bite into it or anything like that and and but when you could just I see think it, they oh, could yeah. either Rima. <laughs> yeah like when you see it jiggle it's like I, that looks more like um like a something you made out of a jello mold or jelly mold not um a, a sponge um, yeah. like, like you would expect in in one of these little mini cakes it didn't look like a cake um unfortunately yeah. um and then you know it didn't set um, didn't set very well. It was messy. Mm-hmm. It was melting too. She had um, some issue, I think, with the heat as well. Um, yeah. And then when when she did present it and they were tasting it, Paul said it tasted like raspberry, but it was supposed to be cherry. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we mentioned the sponge that had too much gelatin. They called it stodgy and bouncy, like a rubber ball. Um, mm-hmm. And I. <sighs> And like I said, I know that there's some controversy with with the decision that was that was made this week. But I, I have to kind of, you know, looking back and not thinking of you know any favorites because I love Hermine, uh, you know, I love Hermine and Laura both. I've been rooting for them. Laura yeah. was one of my favorites from the very beginning. I just loved her personality and She's and I lovely. love everyone. Yeah. I've really grown to love everyone on here, and it's always hard to see that person go home. I mean, I've cried uh, almost every time when when someone leaves. Um, this week, like I always do. Um, so, mm-hmm. but if you just step back and not, if you judge it just on this bake, yeah, I think it's not just, you know, her presentation because it, it didn't look good. And then when they taste it and the flavors aren't there and the textures aren't there, that's where Laura came out on top. And exactly. I mean, yeah. hers, hers was messy. Yeah. There's no, you, you we don't deny that, but the yeah. flavors were great. And they absolutely loved it. And then, you know, Prue gave her her praise. They were just disappointed uh, that it looked melted from the heat. So exactly. I think it would have been a tougher, which it was tough for them. I, I don't want to make it sound like it was easy for them to judge it this way, because I think they both, yeah. you know, um, when they had in their signatures, both were fairly even in their signatures. Um, mm-hmm. Neither one of them really did great. I mean, Laura lost the technical um, and yeah. Armin came out second. So she did a little bit better, but... Um, if you look at just that showstopper, you have to have, it, it may not look great, but it has to still taste great. The flavors have to work together. Yeah. Um, and Ermine's just kind of fell short. Just a exactly, little. exactly. Like you know, at the end of the day, it's it's all down to the name of the show. And I know it's different in in the US. I know it's it's called the the Great British Baking Show over, over there, but it is a bake off. Yes. This is this is supposed to replicate, um, you know, summer fates that are, that happen across the UK and Ireland, where people come down and they tell them this is the cake you're supposed to bake, and everybody bakes it off, and they judge which one of those bakes is the best bake that has arrived based on whatever they've decided is going to be baked that day. So what's happening every single week? They're given three challenges. They have to bake the best one, and that's all that's being judged. It's not whether they're the the best personality. It's not whether they should be able to bake this type of stuff in the past at other times. They're presenting whatever they're challenged to make, and they have to judge whatever's put in front of them, and that's it. That's all it comes down to. It's as simple as that. It is just a bake-off between these 
these uh, home cooks um, to, to see what's best. And unfortunately, yeah, I mean, didn't come out on top this time. But yeah, yeah. it was brutal it, hearing it was the brutal. announcement that she was going. It was like, no, please, she needs to be there next week. You know, it felt like she would be perfect for the final. You I, know? I know, I know. It. I'd be interested. We don't know what the challenge is. They haven't, you know, typically we find out what the next week is going to be, um, but it, it just says the final. So um, mm-hmm. I don't know what, what, what they're going to be presented, but I have no doubt that she, she would have come back, you know, uh, had, had like a comeback week, so to speak. Um, this was yeah. just definitely the wrong week to, to have a failure. And um, it was devastating. It was devastating to watch the whole time as she's making it. And you can see how she's kind of fumbling through her recipe and, and then to hear those harsh words, um, you know, when they when they were judging it and, um, sad to see her go. Ermine's definitely been one of my favorites, and she's and to see her after she came off of Japanese Week, or no, sorry, was it not Japanese Week? Sorry, but last week with her beautiful red um, Japanese poppy. Oh, absolutely! That, that, that was magnificent. Oh my gosh! To like, I, I watched that and I'm going. I, I've seen her make this, and I still don't know how she accomplished it. I have uh-huh. no idea how she accomplished this beautiful poppy inside of this of of the the jelly. I think it was fabulous. Um, I, I, she spoke about that as well and said that that was dedicated to her father who uh, had fought in World War II which I just think is is beautiful that, that there is that dedication I think there's a beautiful letter if you if you go to um, the, the British Bake Off uh, Twitter account they've they've uh, They've pinned the letter that Ermine wrote after leaving. And the way that she describes her baking is that she bakes from the heart. Everything she makes is that way. Again, home baker. She's mm-hmm. not in it for the money. She's in it for people to be really happy about the things that she's baked. And she says her favorite moment from the whole of the season was when her son told her that he was proud of what she'd accomplished. And that's beautiful. <laughs> that beautiful. That's the kind of that's the kind of reasons we all loved her mm-hmm. on the show. Or at least I loved her on the show. I don't want to speak for you. <laughs> it's definitely no, one of the reasons why I, why right. I loved her on the show. Because she just feels like she's there just to get a little bit of a little bit of joy into other people and when she gets that feedback from them that they enjoyed what she baked for them she, you can tell you can tell she just lights up completely so yeah uh, really sad that she's gone uh, absolutely it, it, it was devastating and and like we said definitely some controversy it was unfortunate because um there were um quite a few people um that weren't very nice to Lara over the decisions um yeah this week and i'm Awful. sure that you've seen some of that as well yeah, um, ridiculous stuff, right? It, Isn't it? What what has it got to do with Laura? Even you know she's not a judge on the show. She's in the show. She's baking. She's doing her best. She's messy baker. <laughs> that's that's what I yeah. that's what I keep getting from her. It's like it's really funny watching what she's going to drop this week. You know, because you can tell sometimes it's nerves. Sometimes she's just not concentrating. What was she doing with the glaze this week? Pouring it oh, sideways into a bowl, half of it across the table. These bakers also, I believe, anyway, from all the kind of clips that I've seen the bakers themselves clean up after themselves they're not a team of people that come in and clean up their benches the bakers themselves do it so mm-hmm. she's had to clean more than anybody else this season yes yeah, she has <laughs> she's got uh, one of those like scraper things that she's like you know just scraping uh-huh. off the countertop with that melted chocolate all over the place and I just I, oh, I yeah. again giggle because I'm like yep pretty sure I've done that <laughs> Quite a bit. Maybe not with melted chocolate, but with something, I promise you, that I've spilled <laughs> and made a complete mess yeah. of. Um, but she is genuinely lovely. She, she seemed is. like such she's a, a sweet person. person. She's got a yeah. lovely personality. She's been super encouraging to other bakers, helped them mm-hmm. out, um, been encouraging to them. And, and yeah, she even said herself this episode, she's like, you know, I'm, I, I'm a home baker. And she knew she was going to struggle with this one because, you know, because of patisserie week, it's... Uh, you know, so precise and very refined and very elegant. And, you know, she's 
like Paul said, and I think we've talked about yeah. it a little bit on the show, it's like she she does a pretty good job, but she's a little rough around the edges sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. polish her up a little bit, and she can really produce something you know well. But she's she's a home baker, and she keeps it fairly simple, and she kind of exactly. just eyeballs things. And so I, I really hated to see. I didn't see it until late because I, I try to avoid some of the you know because it airs early um, in the UK. It airs on Tuesdays, and it doesn't air mm-hmm. until Friday um, here in the, in the states. So um, there's already you know. Um, all that information out there you, you, if you're not careful you'll get spoiled like i did yeah. about who <laughs> left this week and um but uh-huh. I, I didn't see the news of that until just yesterday after um it was released here in the states and um th- how people were trolling laura uh on social media and i i thought it was just disgusting behavior and and paul actually i liked to see he took to his instagram page and shared a message and you know said that he, he's heard of some sad people he said he said i've heard of some sad people trolling laura it's disgusting behavior those of you who may not be aware how bake-off works or new to the series may have missed what we have always done on bake-off judging each week stands on its own it never matters what any baker has done in previous weeks even if you win four out of five star bakers and then you have a bad week you will be at risk of going sadly it's the rule Mm -hmm. that's been in place for 11 years um and he said, also, I only give out handshakes in signature, not in showstopper or technical. There was one exception three years ago. Stop trolling any of the bakers. Remember, Prue and I can actually smell and eat the bakes. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No matter even how good it looks, you know, sometimes a bake, a bake has looked amazing and tasted terrible. You know, mm-hmm. underneath it all, you've seen them cut into it and the bake, the bake is awful, you know. But uh, but yeah, that, that kind of stands right alongside what I was saying earlier on. Yep. That this is a bake off. It is a challenge. You bake your best bake and it goes up against exactly what's presented in front of you. And everybody seems, you know, again, sorry, excuse me. As I said earlier on, Peter and Dave knocked it out of the park. They sure did. And there was only a glaze issue for Laura, whereas... Or mean uh, uh, we saw throughout the show that that it wasn't going well for her in, in that final bake. So I can see the right decision has been made. Yeah. But as of five to ten or five to nine uh, over here on uh, on Tuesday night, as they were deciding who was going home, I was going. It's probably going to be Laura. She's been a bit messy. She's been a bit behind mm-hmm. uh, over the last few weeks. She's not up to the standard. She's not professional enough. Oh God, it's Ermine. And then watching back and, and thinking back on the episode and kind of going, yeah, okay, I see the reason behind it. I just didn't want her to go, that's all. Yeah, I didn't want her to go either, and I think that's probably where people were coming from. Um, yeah. But And they were, like, comparing, you know, previous bakes, and it's like, yeah, I, I, I get that. And I think that I've, I've said a couple of times, I said, I, I think Laura's going to go. I think I've said it twice. I thought this week was going to be her week to go because, yeah, she's she does pretty well sometimes, but she's still a little rough. And, you know, yeah. her presentations don't always, you know, come out. But, you but you know, Jason and I have mentioned many times on this show, and, and if you've watched the show through the other seasons, you know, it is about that week's bake. They don't go back mm-hmm. and look at, well, but last week they did great, so we're going to keep them on. That's not fair. Yeah. You have to judge on what's in front of you, and it's week exactly. by week. And, and I mean, when, when Lottie um, had to leave a couple weeks back... You know, I I thought she was outstanding. She was definitely one of my absolute favorites. Um, mm-hmm. But she had a really, really bad week. And they couldn't look at what she had done previously and some of the outstanding, you know, bakes that she'd had. They have to look at what's in front of them for that yeah. week. And Although I did love her reaction saying 
that, like everybody says, I thought I was only, only going to last one week. She said, I thought I was only going to last two weeks. So I only brought enough clothes for two weeks and I've been borrowing everybody else's clothes for the last four, <laughs> which I loved. That's a great, a great Lottie moment. It was amazing. Um, I, I giggled yeah. so much and just love, Absolutely. love Lottie. She just, she did not give herself enough credit for, um, you know, how talented how she was. She was so. Yeah, she was so good. I was, I, I will, I will call out Noel. Uh, I was quite shocked at him in the, uh, in the judge's tent mm-hmm. when himself and himself and Matt and, and Prue and and, uh, and Paul are sitting down. It's Prue and Paul that are judging. They're, they're the only judges. The yes. other two don't judge at all, exactly. as we know. They're, they're, they're meaningless and one doesn't even eat cake. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, but when Noel's kind of going, but we've told Laura multiple times she needs to, she needs to stop saving herself with the final bacon and going, Stop it, no! Leave Laura alone. Yeah, <laughs> Stop I, it! You're wrong. Uh, no. Thought it was interesting how how he, you know, they and, and you know Matt did there a little bit too. Both kind of jumped to Ermine's, you know, defense a little bit, mm-hmm. and you know, I thought, well, at the end of the day, it's it's Paul and Prue, and I, I don't think by any means it was an easy decision for them at all. No. You knew that they loved Ermine and have given her praise, you know, um, so many times, and. Um, it just again they have to stick to their standards of of what they've done for all of these years on the show absolutely um, absolutely and and so yeah it was it was hard to see um how terrible people were being towards some of the bakers and stuff and even ermine kind of came back and said you know she she wanted people to not be unkind in my name is what she said yeah and Absolutely. And, you know, if you've reached out to Laura and said that you didn't like what she did and it's her fault that your favorite baker went home, that's just awful. You know, there's nothing mm-hmm. in it for her. There's no there's no big prize there's for no coming money. in second, first, second or third. There's yeah. no big prize for it. They gave up their life to entertain us for, for two and a half months. That's fabulous, isn't it? Right. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they, they were taken away from, you know, all that they know and their fa- especially with this year. I mean, every year it's still, I think, yeah. a challenge because they, they still have to leave their home on the weekends. And many people have children. They have families. Um, they have different lives. They have jobs. Um, yeah. And then when they are at home they have to spend even more time away from their family because they're having to practice all during the week for that next week's challenge and then leave on the weekend. So there's a lot of time and dedication. And also some people may not know, but um, traditionally when they are filming um, under normal circumstances and not under a quarantine bubble, they pay for all of that themselves you know they the the ingredients the uh, everything that they use um you know when they're having to practice a recipe 10 15 20 times and they have to buy the ingredients for that that's on them Mm -hmm. you know that's right yeah so you know there's nothing what a cheap production company (laughs) (laughs) i i thought that there was i'd have to go back and read the the specifics because i think one of the bakers did kind of give a little bit of insight to that i think for um, a few things as you get down to it there might be a small allowance but it does not cover all the expense when they're yeah. practicing these things, they, they have to pay for that stuff. And some of these, yeah. I'm sure, you know, some of these, they use very um, exotic ingredients sometimes that I'm mm-hmm. sure are not um, easy to find. And like you said, if they're not very easy to find, there's usually a cost, big cost associated, you know, getting yeah. those ingredients. So, you know, like you said, they're not in it for the glory. This is kind of a, you know, um, just a, a, a you know, there's not a big prize. They're not promised their own cooking show. They're not yeah. promised a large amount of money. They get a glass bowl, you know, um, at the end. And, they, you and know, some flowers. And some lovely flowers as well. So it's just. You think, like, you know, you think it would be like a year's supply of home baking equipment or something like that. Yeah, you know? something like that. Some, here's a, some, a, a great mixing bowl set, you know, yeah. and, a, and a nice like, mixer like a, or something for your kitchen. <laughs> they don't even like, get that. 
like even nailed it the Netflix kind of sort of semi version of this where they kind of slag off the bakers for not being very good bakers um, even on that they win like ten thousand dollars you know these kids that are that are coming in and spending so much time for whatever as I say six or eight weeks really get nothing uh, and are you know and and to be abused online for any reason is always wrong but yeah to be abused online because somebody else went through and you and and you did your best and you got through to the next round well you know that's just wrong yeah so um Absolutely. yeah let's hope uh, people calm the hell down because i know it's it's been the last few years bake off is as you guys have said it's one of the most popular shows over here and now in the u.s it's very popular as well so um so people uh, have have taken to social media for their reactions to how the show has gone and unfortunately that brings with it everything else that comes along with social media which is people entitled to have opinions of course but but uh, directing those really negative opinions of the people involved in the show rather than the positive that they all share with each other and everybody else is, is really bad that's, that's really tough to, to see it so, is absolutely that's yeah. why I'm with you I, uh, I didn't like seeing any of that and I was just disappointed it's, it's okay to be upset about someone leaving but you don't have to go bully the person um, exactly that, that stayed um, yeah, bully Paul Hollywood <laughs> yeah, leave your bully to Paul Hollywood. No, he, can, <laughs> he can take it. No, it's <laughs> funny. All right. Um, did you have any um, notes or anything that you wanted to add? Um, no major notes. We talked about loads, uh, loads, and loads about the show itself. The one thing that I just kept questioning to myself uh, when I was watching the show was what was going on with David and the caramel. Um, he tried caramel twice in this in this show. One for the one for the uh, yeah. for the showstopper and and one for the technical. Um, and both times it went really wrong for him. Caramel is basically you stick your sugar in a in a pot, mm-hmm. turn on the heat, and yep. and it melts, and then you've got caramel. But he came back to it twice, and it just was sh- sugar balls. Is basically what yeah, happened it was to just him. Crystallized. So, I don't know what happened. Uh, I don't know what was going on with him, but he had to do it twice. And it ended off fine, clearly, but I don't know what was happening. It felt like this was a little weak spot in Dave's cooking knowledge or his cooking ability. So mm-hmm. maybe it was the heat again getting. It wasn't turning the temperature up on the on the hob enough to to boil it properly or something. But I just thought it was interesting. It happened twice in there. It, so. it was. I thought, Dave, it's, it's, it's caramel. I've, I've made caramel. It's, I'm not saying it's the easiest thing to do. But I'm, you know, I, I'm not sure if it was the heat. Um, I don't know if mm-hmm. maybe he was multitasking. Maybe, maybe. And yeah. and it, he, he kind of let it get away from him. I know I, I have a very bad habit of doing that, you know, especially if I'm making a big holiday dinner and I'm, I'm I've got like ten things going on at one time. And I've oh got, yeah. You know, things on the stove, things in the oven. You know, I got something I'm trying to chop or mix over here, and mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it's hard to kind of manage all of that. And I wonder if maybe he. Yeah, if, if, if it either was a heat, um, multitasking, or maybe a combination of both. But yeah, it was quite funny. Yeah. I'm like, dude, <laughs> what's going what on with your caramel? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, there you go. Uh, any other notes that you had for uh, for the episode? Um, kind of a note or funny line uh, mm. or something. Maybe not a funny line. It was funny to me because I was, I, I'm just absolutely clueless. You know, I'm, I'm you know, in the States. And just in my area, I'm not exposed to many of these different types of bakes. I mean, we certainly don't have any lovely patisseries here where I'm at. I mean, we do have some bakeries and things like that, but not mm-hmm. quite as delicate or as, as some of the beautiful things that you see in these um, patisseries or some of the things that they produce here on the show. So a lot of these things I've never had, I've never heard mm-hmm. of. Um, but when Paul, in the beginning, when they were talking about the signature, and he said, you know, some people may not know what a, what a sovereign is, but think rum baba. That base is a sovereign. And I go, okay, so now not only do I need to Google what sovereign is, now I need to go Google rum baba because I don't know what that is either. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> Paul, you're not helping me. He's like, you know, don't he tells you what, what it is. Absolutely. Rima, <laughs> do, do not sell yourself short. I laughed at exactly the same thing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was like, well, I know what rum tastes like. And I've had rum and cake before and yes. rum and sponge, which is kind of what it looked like. I was kind of, I was in the back of my head, I was kind of going, I guess it's a rum sponge, right? Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I have, I had no idea. Uh, that's not, that's not a good comparison unless you're a baker, own a bakery or eat a lot of cakes. Okay. <laughs> so, well, then yeah. I don't feel so terrible. Absolutely. Well, remember, most of the bakers couldn't even pronounce it, so uh, so we had four different pronunciations Saverin. in the in the tent. Saverin. <laughs> the Saverin. <yeah. laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. That's yeah, great. Some, some really funny moments in here. You know, I've I've mentioned before um, outside of the podcast because I haven't I haven't been on the podcast before for uh, for the Bake Off, but I have mentioned before that that um, Noel is one of my favorite comedians uh, in in his work outside of Bake Off and uh, what he does on Bake Off, and I think this week the surrealist comedy coming from Noel was at, at its highest at times yes. uh, where he I think it's where he rambles and is trying to fill in a joke into whatever he's set up he's created for himself there are some I thought hilarious moments in here when he's rambling to uh, to David about uh, about being a butler for um, for Prue uh, <laughs> that he has to occasionally yes. fold uh, her husband's uh, waistcoats on the bed but then hide in the wardrobe before they come in so they don't know he's actually butling for them and then he ends off in Narnia which is a pain because it takes three hours to get back because you have to deal with a Lion King to get <laughs> out of there but you know he wouldn't change it because it's a great life um, I love that side of Noel it's so surreal and so interesting you know his, uh, what's the other one that he had with uh, with Peter where he was talking about the gelatin saying that in the 70s he used to have gelatin boots but in the sun they melted so he'd be he'd shorter, shorter. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, he's, so surreal he's so interesting delightful. but that's Noel yeah like his lovely little song in the in the cold open there um, I like to eat patisserie um, something especially in my lingerie or something like sometimes that sometimes in my lingerie yes <laughs> <laughs> fantastic great great fun I, I really enjoy them I love him I think he's just mm-hmm. absolutely delightful and I would love to um, I would love to be quarantined in a bubble with him in a bake-off bubble um, I think that would <laughs> maybe be next year yeah, that's great. Any other? Maybe next year. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you have to move. Maybe you have to move over to Ireland or move over to the UK. I know. And then, I, have to, I have to. I mean, I wonder if I could if I could get under the radar and they'll accept an American if I move over there. If I have to be of of um, you know UK descent or something. I do have a lot of UK and Irish um, roots. That's primarily mm-hmm. my ancestry. So I wonder if that counts. Here's wow, here's my 23 awesome. Me documentation. Does this count? <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love it. Try it. Why not? Why yeah. not? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Oh yeah. Oh my. One of my favorites uh, from Matt. Uh, one of my favorite intros that he did was. Um, because we, we all learn French here. This is one of the languages that's kind of on everybody's exams when they're in uh, when they're in secondary school, when they're coming up to the to the end of high school, I suppose. Everybody learns French. Really? So, uh, so <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty much like the fourth subject that most people learn. So uh, so when Matt was digging back through his mind uh, to try and tell the bakers um, what their time was, and he comes up with uh, Boulanger, vous êtes demi the way through. <laughs> I could really feel that 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 thing of trying to get through your mind to say it's halfway so that halfway is Demi you are is Vousette, uh Boulanger is Baker's okay is that going well and the great response from Hermine going no that is absolutely terrible friends <laughs> she's <laughs> like no yes. you did not get that at all <laughs> really good really good it was um, really great any any funny lines that stood out to you from from this episode I, well I think we've we've covered most of them for me um did you have any mm-hmm. others that you wanted to share one final surrealist moment from um, from from Noel. Um, 
during the Horn of Plenty uh, task where he uh, where he talked to Hermine and, and oh, she was yes. and said to her that um, I'm going to get on your shoulders. We'll put on a big trench coat and then the Horn of Plenty will be coming out from below here. And then kind of realized what he was saying. And then still had to commit to the joke and said, are you okay with that? And then I'll go off and get those those pieces. But uh, that's one of those moments that as a a non-native English speaker, it's amazing English, I mean, but that's one of those moments where you feel there means wondering what the hell these words that are coming at her are because it's so surreal, so weird. She knows something weird has happened and and, and Noel just kind of exits stage right. Um, I thought it was hilarious. Loved it. Oh, my gosh. I was dying. (laughs) Because I'm like, where is he going with this? He's like, oh, just he stand on my shoulders, get a uh-huh. raincoat. And I'm like, what is he talking about? And then talks about, you know, in the Horn of Plenty. And I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. he went there. Yep. <laughs> just stop it. No, get out of here. Okay, you can shoo-shoo away. I'm sure, yeah, that's probably one of those moments where Hermine is like, okay, go away. There you Try, go. Trying to there be. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, that is it for my funny lines. I have I have a note here that I'm supposed to have taken because uh, Jason does the Britishisms every week, and I I have a, a line that says Britishisms, and then realized Britishisms is just normal language to me, so I have zero. There, there, <laughs> there, Was there anything this week? <laughs> gosh, I don't know that I remember hearing any that we haven't heard before. Um, mm-hmm. Or is Jason going to come back next week and go, the Britishisms on last week's Strange Indeed Bake Off edition was Derek said all of these words that nobody understood. <laughs> I lo- I know what you're talking about. You make perfect sense to me. No. Um, Excellent. That, that's funny. He, he might. He's he's really good at picking up on those. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just so into the episode or I'm, I'm focused on something else. So they totally get by me. And when he says it, yeah. I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, I did hear that. But, you know, I didn't understand what it meant. And then he clarifies that for me. Um, he, yeah. he's, he's got a good ear for that. But yeah. But I think, as, yeah. as, as I said to you before, now that you've been watching Ply Manor and the show, you're totally steeped in British culture at the moment. I so you're, you're probably it's all passing over your head because that's all you're hearing exactly it just <laughs> it's, it's just normal to me now well excellent i think that was excellent i think we covered that pretty well um and those were great lines thank you uh, yeah. okay so that takes us to um one of my favorite parts of the podcast and that is our listener feedback we had a lot of feedback this week um <clears throat> i'll just take this first one here from tony douglas um she says mm-hmm. Ermine's time is up. Great lady, but her showstopper was a mess and tasted like rubber. Not things you want to hear. Maybe if she came in first in the technical, she might have edged out Lara. Lara, mm. my favorite baker. Looked a mess and tasted amazing. Chocolate and cherry are my favorite flavors, too. I'm still rooting for her to just surprise the pants off of everyone and win the whole thing. I love an underdog. Dave and Peter had a great weekend. Both stronger bakers, but whatever. I like my girl. Paul's cornucopia looked amazing. What a hard technical. Um, I was surprised that Ermine didn't win that one. Um, her, her hairs was the only one that looked like Paul's. The rest looked like those stacking toys for toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. That's Brilliant observation, Tony. <laughs> very good um, comparison. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, Laura Laura has been, uh, I, I think a lot of people like Laura, got a great personality. And yeah, as I say, it makes me feel like she's very similar to my baking ty- style. Looks a mess, but tastes amazing, hopefully. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Excellent. Thanks, Teddy. Uh, Jamie Dimmock says, Ermine, I'm so sorry. It's my fault since I picked her to win it, it all. Uh, I will not pick a winner so as not to jinx anyone. I really want to try that cornucopia. I love almond desserts. 
Mm. Interesting. Almond's been quite a big feature this season. Uh, we've we've noticed there's been a lot of a lot of fe- a lot of almond uh, desserts or um, uh, marzipan. I think has been featured, which is which is an almond flavor as well. I wonder if there's some kind of move in Paul's uh, in Paul's taste buds uh, this season. Uh, I, I wonder if he's shifted slightly from from sweet stuff to uh, to almond as his new flavor for the year. Right. Yeah. That and mango are um, mm. both popular this this season <laughs> yes, in in Bake Off. So yeah, I I. I know noticed that as well. A lot of um, different almond flavored, you know, uh, pastries um, mm-hmm. and seem to be featured quite often. So, yeah, I want to try that, too. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, Karen, she says, who saw that coming? I also jinxed Ermine because I thought she could take it all. Peter definitely deserved Star Baker this week. That pistachio cake and chocolate mirror glaze looked scrumptious. The exchange mm-hmm. between Matt and Lara during the technical was so sweet. Can't wait to see who wins the finale because it's been such an unpredictable season. You know, I, I feel like I might have jinxed her too. I think I've called for her to, you know, I, I was a little too worried about doing it too early on because it's like, gosh, this could go anywhere. But as we've gotten closer, I think I also might have mentioned that. I think Ermine might might come across too. So yeah. You just don't know what tasks they're going to come up against that might be the bump in the bump in the road for them. You know, as we say, Peter has been consistently good, except when he wasn't and almost went home. Exactly. You know? exactly. Um, like he had a terrible week because, you know, how can you have that much knowledge of that much baking in a 20 year old body? He's done such a great job of picking up things and and uh, getting stuck in and doing something interesting every single week. But there's going to be times when you have no idea what it is that you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. And that's where uh, that's where a lot of the bakers lose it. But um, yeah, our, our mean going, is, uh, as we say, was a big surprise. But uh, it's going to be an interesting final because, as I say, the last three people that are in there are all great bakers. They you know? are. Yep. Thanks so much, Karen. Um, Pake, Alan, you're, you're a co-host <laughs> from on the regular edition of, uh, of Strange Indeed. Yeah. Hi, Pake. Uh, Pike says, Ermine, no, I just had to go and jinx her last week. Laura didn't have have. Laura shouldn't have gone, though. Uh, I'm sure she's a great person, um, but she is not on the same level as the other bakers. Everything she did was a mess. It must have tasted truly exquisite. Peter definitely had the fear of God. And by God, I clearly mean Paul Hollywood put into him after that close call last week. And he came in and absolutely dominated this week, doing practically no wrong. This is going to be a crazy and completely unpredictable finale. Yeah, I I think when when Paul looked at Peter and said, I'd like to see the old Peter back. Mm-hmm. You know, Starbaker Peter right. and, and, you know, the first couple episode Peter there where he really, you know, came out on top and, and really shined. And he's he's had some good bakes and obviously he's he's made it this far, but he's kind of come down just a little bit from his his high standard there. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine yeah. having someone like Paul Hollywood look at you and tell, you, you know, I'm expecting you to, you know, kind of bring back um, the, the Peter that we know. Absolutely, but I think he—I think he knew he'd—he'd he'd messed up, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and um, for whatever reason it was, whatever uh, whether it was things that he didn't know or that he was trying to put too much into uh, into his bakes every single week, but he's just everything he makes just makes me want to—he he makes me want to eat them and buy them and eat them. So that's a—that's a good sign for a baker, right? Yeah, <laughs> even his gluten-free stuff, I think I would still probably eat. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I, I suppose that's partly it, isn't it? That's that's he's doing a lot of things that traditionally. Uh, people don't do he's doing uh-huh. gluten-free he's doing alcohol-free this week as well and you do wonder whether that's going to carve him out into his own 
his own career after this. As mm-hmm. I mentioned before, you know, the, the age does seem like this is something he could pursue. But if Absolutely. he is a great baker with um, with particularly desserts that that other people aren't doing, you know, there's a cookbook cookbook sales for next uh, next Christmas Absolutely. right there. Absolutely. There's a niche there that he could certainly yeah. break into if he wanted to. Exactly. All right. Thanks, Pike. Thanks, Pike. Thanks, everyone, for that Facebook um, feedback. Really appreciate it. Um, we did get one voice message this week from our good friend, Steve. I've missed Steve's voice. I haven't podcasted for a couple of weeks, um, and I've missed I've missed having Steve's uh, Steve's feedback on, on our podcast. So uh, I, I love hearing the Monster Engine Teeth. Yeah. Hello, Derek and Rima. This is Steve, and uh, uh, can't wait to hear you guys talk about this episode. So jazzed that Derek is on the, the podcast this week. Um, just a couple of notes. You know, it's uh, this is the second time now where we've seen somebody go from Star Baker to off the show. I don't know how often that happens. Um, a couple of quick, quick notes. Uh, was that a little unsanitary of Matt and Laura with the, in that signature when he just sticks his hand? I mean, she's the cook, so she sticks her hand in there, but she says, has him stick his hand in there? I was kind of... Um, and uh, too bad about her mean, but they have to be great. And this, everybody was all worried that this was her week and everything. Um, love that Peter got the handshake. And uh, I did notice, we, we talked about who makes those samples that Prue and Paul have of the technical. And I think Paul said, do you want a, a taste of my horn? So I think I think they do actually create the sample that the two of them look at and, and try. Or at least maybe just this week they did. Because it would make sense that they would be the ones cooking it, right? Because they're the or making the example because that's got to be what they want to see. So, okay. Um, finally, the showstopper, um, really good. Peter just blew it away. Every, every aspect of the competition this week, I didn't think there was any, any way David was going to beat him, but I guess it might've. So, all right. Uh, talk to you later. That was brilliant, Steve. Yeah, that was, that was brilliant. Um, yeah, that's that's one interpretation of, of why uh, why Paul was using his innuendo machine uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> to to generate that. I, I know when they used to be back at the BBC, they actually uh, they've been trying to work so many ways because it's such a popular show to kind of keep making other connected shows that are popular, right? right. So um, so they have Children's Bake Off, they have Professionals Bake Off, uh, and they also used to do a show when Mary Berry and Paul uh, were doing it, where they would show people how to actually bake. The the um the technicals uh, every week they would they would show them exactly how to, how to make them so they definitely used to make them for the show wow but I don't know whether that's translated when they moved to Channel Four because there's there's a lot the element of kind of the the learning part you watched some of the yep. uh, some of the old shows and and there was kind of a learning part of Bake Off that's gone now because yes. there's ad breaks on Channel Four and there was no ad breaks on BBC so uh, so you kind of miss a little bit of that kind of um where the history of the bake was and mm-hmm. and how to do it which is what they used to focus on in the past so I don't know whether they have a whole team of people baking these absolutely pristine versions of the technical challenge <laughs> or whether it is Paul and Brew that do it themselves. Yeah, I, I've often wondered that. And yeah, there are there are definitely some differences um, in those really early um, episodes um, to mm. what it is today. So, um, you know, it's it's still really great. But yeah, there's a few lost elements um, that you yeah. got from those earlier ones. Um, absolutely. 
was... interesting point. Isn't this uh, something that Steve pointed out there? It feels like post-COVID, it feels like everything looks unsanitary now. Yes. <laughs> so, we're all so, germaphobes now. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the last time I had a handshake from someone that doesn't live in my house was probably in January of 2020. You know, So getting a, even a handshake from Paul Hollywood, even though it's the great Paul Hollywood handshake, feels unsanitary. But yes, yeah. punching someone else's, uh, something, someone else's bake. Um, like Matt does. Uh, I hope he was washing his hands beforehand. I was like, I wonder if she made like a fresh batch of dough after that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, that was, was that's funny. We're all <clears throat> certainly concerned about that now nowadays. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. That was really great feedback from everyone. Thank you so much. I know everyone definitely had some thoughts and opinions on um, Ermine leaving. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I failed to ask you this earlier, Derek, when we were talking about it. But do you do you have a prediction? Do you want to share? Are you maybe worried about sharing a prediction for who might come out on top? Do you have any <laughs> thoughts or opinions? I, I did make the joke to, uh, I think, Karen Shi um, on, on your Facebook page who said that she didn't want to predict uh, a winner because uh, the last winner she pred- predicted went home. And my joke was, well, everybody's going home next week, so it doesn't really matter. That's right. Everybody's uh, going it's home. On, <laughs> it's only predicting who's going to win a piece of glass, so it's okay. I don't mind doing that. Um, I think Peter's been consistently great and, and he's, he's the one to beat next week, mm-hmm. but... Everything can fall apart. I would say don't count out either of the other two, Dave or, or Laura. I'm kind of thinking, Dave, I'm kind of having in my head that David has been stepping up episode by episode. And he, if he gets the right set of tasks next week, he might win, which would be a surprise. But I, mm-hmm. I, I'm fine with any of the three of them. I've loved all, the whole cast this season, actually. It's been great, uh, as usual, to be honest. But um, I, I, I would ha- be perfectly happy if any of the three win next week. But I'll, I'll say Dave. That's my prediction. I love that. I actually had the same thoughts. It is, is, right. As outstanding as, as Peter has you know, been, and he is very precise, Dave has really improved week by week. And you know, this, this last week was outstanding. But I, I would be thrilled to see any of the three win. I'd be thrilled for any of them because they're all really great. And I, I love all three of them. I think they all three bring something different, you know, to their bakes and, um, yep. and they're just great people. So they're I, lovely people. They're yes. just lovely people. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was great. Yeah. Well, good, good, good to hear your thoughts on that as well. So, um, because it is semifinals this week, that means next week, uh, we are talking <sighs> about the finals. Um, so we will be covering that here. That'll be episode 10 and it is just called the final so we're not really mm-hmm. sure what exactly the theme will be or what challenges the bakers will be tasked with i'm sure it will be very difficult <laughs> to say the least yeah. we can only hope that they have some weather that you know um doesn't make it even more challenging for them it would be nice to not have that um uh, you know yeah. as an element in, in their bakes but we'll see it's gonna, there's gonna be like a tornado blowing through next week oh and gosh. they still have to do the bakes or something it's gonna blow over <laughs> they're gonna be standing there with their hair you know on end trying to keep everything pinned to the table while they're trying to bake the you know, show must go on people we have to <laughs> exactly get these I, 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 i'm expecting you know in some some year in the future we're gonna have uh, bake off extreme edition uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be so fabulous <laughs> I love that. windy conditions in the pouring there rain you go. 
And I, you know, I, I, I don't want to rub it in, but we're going to see this on Tuesday. We're recording on Saturday, so I've only got three days to wait to see who wins the I final. I know, so I know. I'm so excited. And I, um, I, I wish, I wish I could host a, a live watch party uh, with everybody. Um, take the afternoon off work and uh, <laughs> and come and join me on a live watch. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah, that would be so much fun. I, I'm going to have to mute uh, my social media for Bake Off because I, I did get spoiled, and um, it's, it's very difficult because the news is out there. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pretty early since it, we don't get it here until Friday so mute everything because I, I don't want to be spoiled you're gonna have to you're gonna have to did you hear the um the big scandal from the week about the spoilers from uh from <laughs> from Bake Off this is awful just you know I, I'm, I'm I'm laughing because I can't uh, believe it happened the on-demand service for Channel 4 that that shows this show um they put it up immediately after it airs on TV for anybody who didn't watch it live they can watch it directly on on demand mm-hmm. but there is advertising built into it because it's a free on-demand service it's not a it's not a paid on-demand service oh, okay. um yeah, so during the third ad break of people who were watching Great British Bake Off for the first time, during the third ad break of the show, an ad for the finale of the Great British Bake Off showing the three bakers that got through was shown before the final part of the episode. What oh were they my thinking? Gosh. What? And like, I know people that watched it night of and night and, and morning after and saw this ad in the middle of the uh, of the show showing them who had won who had won before it was announced on the program they were watching. Like, that's awful. I, I don't know how that happens. That is terrible. Yeah. Why? That was very, very poorly placed. Whoever... Terrible, terrible Whoever title. did that, that's terrible. Yeah, I think we all just have to, you know, just be very careful of those things and, and you know if maybe you need to avoid social media or maybe mute some accounts or something like that mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, be as careful as possible. But when it's so blatant... <laughs> You know, exactly. Sure. You cannot yes. avoid that. It's like, oh my gosh, why, why, why yeah. would you ruin that for everyone? Yeah, it's terrible. But there you go. Yes, really excited. Looking forward to the finale, though. I am too. I can't wait. Um, it, it should definitely be really exciting. I'm excited to see what the remaining bakers um, can do. It's always an exciting mm-hmm. episode. Definitely. Well, we are excited for you to follow us to the tent. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange Cast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts over at Podcastica.com. Go ahead and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts as well if you get the chance. We love reviews uh, on our podcast. And I know you guys love hearing reviews of, uh, of Strange Indeed as well. I do. I do. The good ones for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Well, speaking of... <laughs> leave a five-star review for Strange Indeed. <laughs> leave a great review if you really like the show. Um, I, I've, I've had the pain of one-star reviews on, on Apple Podcasts. And it's always so weird because it's just left there. <laughs> There's no way to contact the person that's done it either. So it just feels weird. So if you like the show, leave a review. If you don't like the show, email them directly and tell them what you don't like. And you might even get a response. You... You will definitely get a response for sure. Yeah. I, I would love to contact the people who who, who leave the poor review because I'm like, can I turn you around? Can I talk to, mm-hmm. to you about this? You know, um, <laughs> how about you sit there and listen to me redo the podcast for an hour and a half uh, in your direct phone, uh, <laughs> in your phone message. So you have a personal podcast that's done directly to you. There right. you go. <laughs> well, speaking of, of podcast, Derek, would you please tell our listeners um you know where everyone can find you and and what your next project is you mentioned that you you were a little you had a little downtime here in your podcasting but you want to give a little sneak peek of what you have in the works or and where people can find all of what you have podcasted on absolutely yeah we're up to about um 540 
episodes of our podcast Amazing. of, of yeah, so- TV podcast industries. Um, we decided we, we turned we turned 500 this year, <laughs> as, we, as we like to say, um, and then did another 40 podcasts beyond that and said, hang on a second, we need to probably give our listeners time to catch up <laughs> on what they've been, what we've been watching, because yeah. we've been watching some great shows this year, things like Lovecraft Country, which is fabulous. We we watched and podcasted on uh, Umbrella Academy as well, mm-hmm. and The Boys sec- season two, which was, which was great. And there's lots of new great shows coming up next year so we decided to give it a little rest um we were doing two podcasts a week at the time so uh, so we decided to give it a little break um we have a small show uh, coming up uh, in december um called pennyworth which is a uh, a prequel to gotham sort of awesome. uh, based around alfred pennyworth in the uk which features tons and tons of british slang you will love it Rina. <laughs> yes <laughs> you'll, you'll spend about half the episode looking up a dictionary of of translating uk slang into into real words uh, it's great fun um so we're doing we're, we're starting that back up on the 13th of December and then our big one returns we're back to the Marvel universe we started out podcasting on uh, Marvel shows and D- DC shows the Marvel shows on Netflix Marvel uh, are releasing their first TV shows over on Disney Plus starting out with Wanda Vision yes. um, which is going to be so much fun I'm really excited to see what uh, what's going to what's going to happen this is the first kind of you know we saw the Mandalorian what they did in the Star Wars universe yes, on Disney Plus and how great that show is and how great the podcast is from Podcastica this is Marvel stamp on Disney Plus saying what they're going to do with their TV shows, so it's got to be interesting, right? Oh, I, I, I'm really interested to see what they do. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I, yeah. Because with with the great success that they they've had with the Mandalorian, um, I think it's going to be great fun. Yeah, 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 I think so too. I think they're going to put a lot of work in there. So if you want to hear our thoughts on any of the t- shows that we've covered, you can go over to tvpodcastindustries.com or search any good or evil podcast catcher for TV Podcast Industries. You'll find us out there uh, with tons and tons of shows that you might just like. Oh, I have no doubt, no doubt, and I, I really look forward to hearing hearing your coverage um, on that. And I always in, enjoy listening to, to all of your thoughts. and 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 congrats to to you guys for hitting 500 this year. And I think it's a very well deserved kind of break. That's a lot of work, mm-hmm. um, you know, putting out um, even just one podcast. And I'm doing two currently right now. So I I know all the work that goes into it while you're still trying to mm-hmm. have a life and you know yeah, um, work. You know, so so good for you for taking a little bit of a break. It is certainly well deserved. You put out some great content. Um, so good on you. Thanks so much, Ruben. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for all the support as well, and, and thanks so much for inviting me on to Strange Indeed. I've loved the love the podcast since it started. You know, I've been I've been here right back from from your first episode, and I love uh, you I love chatting have. with you. Thank yeah. you. Well, thank you again for agreeing to come on to the show. Like I said, any excuse um, to get you to come podcast mm-hmm. with me because I just I, I love having you on. So this definitely won't be your last time being on here um, at all. Excellent. So and, and I think that's you. what we want to hear. You have my number, Rima. You know when to get in contact. <laughs> I with know me. where you, to you find you. Yeah. Doesn't, you can't hide from me. I will find you. Um, but yeah, exactly. your, your support has has been invaluable because you have been there since the inception of Strange Indeed. And you have mm-hmm. always been very helpful helpful from your podcasting background and, and, and shared your knowledge with me um, and and your continuous support um, in this entire time um, that, that we started has been just it, it means a lot. So thank you yeah. so much. Well, hey, Rimit, you need, you need hardly any help, oh. which is the good part. So I'm always willing to help you if you ever ask for it, but you never really need it. You're oh. you're great at what you do. So uh, I love I love Strange Indeed. I love uh, love what you guys have done. So thanks so much for having me on. And thanks to all the listeners. This is great to, uh, to have the opportunity to talk to you guys as well. Um, I love your feedback. I've absolutely loved the feedback that you guys have gotten on Blight Manor, by the way, as well. I love hearing yes. <laughs> the, the friend, friends of mine now from, from a Z-Head group and, and from 
from uh, from my podcasting and your podcasting who are saying we are following along every week with how you guys are following it. We'll wait for you, Rima and Pike. I, I'm so it's, jealous that, uh, that you've got that wonderful uh, audience of people that are following along with you. They're awesome. It's it's amazing and it's very humbling and um, it, it sounds cheesy, but I, I truly get emotional whenever people are, mm-hmm. you know, either in their voice messages or when we're reading, um, you know, their, their feedback, um, and, and hearing how much, you know, they're, they're sticking with us week by week. Um, I know it's not easy and they certainly don't have to, there's no commitment <laughs> at all yeah. to have, having to do that. So when they do that, it's just very humbling. And, um, you need to start pr- printing strange indeed badges and posting them out uh, oh, that would <laughs> for be great. anybody who's gone week to week, the strange indeed week to week badge or something. Absolutely. You um, you survived <laughs> and another, uh, yeah, uh, that's the strange indeed challenge we should call it you know can you can you watch um week by week that's a really there good go. idea but it's it's very humbling and and i certainly don't take any of my listeners um for granted so mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely all right that's it that's our show thanks for listening everyone until next time i'm rima and i'm derek on your marks get set Break. Break. <laughs> <laughs>